This week on Invasion of the Podcast, we hop on board the Pork Chop Express and get weird with John Carpenter's 1986 fantasy slash western slash horror slash comedy, Big Trouble in Little China. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. It's the invasion of the podcast. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Okay. Show me. I don't know what the hell's in there, but it's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. The Year of Carpenter. Why don't we just wait here for a little while, see what happens. And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast. It's our Year of Carpenter episode. I am Paul Holodass Stedman, and I'm joined by special guest Richard Six Demon Bag Staving. Hey, this is Richard Staving on the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. Like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never talk on Invasion of the Podcast faster than I can see after that. It's all in the reflexes. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Uh, I, you know, I'm glad that you put more thought into your your intro than mine. Like, that's Look at that. Thank you for outclassing me. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's, yeah. that's what happens whenever... Uh, that's what happens when co-hosts drop off. Dang. Yeah. Wow. Um, Steve wow. is not here. He said that he had important business to take care of. I checked the newswire. I didn't see any um, rogue bear stories as of yet, um, but he's not around. So time will tell. Right. So um, we'll see I, if there's I think more. Ohio's clear, but we'll, um, well, I, I don't I know. Can't where, speak for New England. We, we don't know where he's going to strike next. So no. <laughs> It's, oh, it's, it's terrific. Terrible. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like, I, you know, I don't know if it's a dead horse, but I'm, I'm going to turn that thing into glue. That's what's going to happen. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I enjoy yeah. it. I, I might, I might be the only one I can hear Steve simmering. No, no. He, <laughs> time you bring up a new no, story. No, we, he's, he's, he's like, bitch. I don't like, no, I like that the last time he was like, that can't be me. I would not uh, go up a tree. I'm like, that's well, fair. That's you know, like I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I recognize that. Like, yeah, you know what? I'd be all about breaking the houses, eating food, but you're going to ask me like to actually do cardio. That's not, no, that's yeah. not going to happen. Screw, the, screw that tree shit. I wouldn't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I need everything else, but not the tree. <laughs> you're right. Uh, so, so yeah, we're going to do our, our, we're going to talk about big trouble, little China, which is from 1986. Uh, we're continuing on with the carpenter thing. I, before I get into that, um, like we do talk about some weekend stuff. Uh, I know that you had things going on and then I'll talk about my weekend thing, which, you know, directly ties into what we're about to talk about. So you had an eventful weekend. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mine, mine actually kind of sort of, at least one of the things tied into what we're discussing. Um, Friday, uh, my wife and I celebrated her birthday, which was Saturday, but since she is the best wife in the world and, uh, spoiler, I had a show to play with my band, one of my bands, excuse me, on Saturday. She said, no, that's cool. Go ahead, do your thing, but we'll celebrate on Friday. So we went out, we grabbed a bite to eat earlier in the day on Friday. She took that off. And then when we got home, she was kind of looking through movies and said, you know what, let's let's watch Big Trouble in Little China. I really like that movie. I really love it. And, she, and I admitted that I hadn't seen it. And 
I think her um, reaction was probably about the same as yours, man. It, she was really shocked. Well, that, that's like that's interesting because you um, you and I were talking um, uh, previously, like because because so we d- we did take a week off here on the show. Like um, I know everybody missed us, but we did. Steve and I did go on uh, talk without rhythm uh, with with El Goro and talked about um, the movie Prey, which is which was a fine episode and a uh, fine film. Yeah, no, Prey is awesome. Actually, like, yeah, so, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it was excellent. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah. and but you told me that like you were going to watch that, and then like your wife had never seen Predator, so that's interesting. That like you guys, there's these weird like '80s like touchstones that you think that like for for the circles we travel in, you think yes. that these would be the things that we had already seen, right? So that it, that's interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and and the thing too, and with um with Wendy is that. Uh, like her, her, um, how do I put it? She has a great sense of humor, but the type of humorous movies that she likes is really, really like, a. it's kind of odd. Like she won't like a lot of over the top silly stuff, but the movie that I heard her cackling out loud laughing at was the hangover. Hmm. As absurd okay. as that was. So yeah, it's it's like really odd. And then something that has a similar type of comedy is that she will be straight faced and like, man, it's a, this is whatever. Maybe it's a right time, right place type of thing. But regardless, Big Trouble in Little China tops in her book. And um, so yeah, we watched that and love. Uh, okay, I'll get into all my loves later. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So so that's what we did that. And Saturday played my show at the sixty eight feed mill. I was. Uh, I was waiting for uh, several sexy burly men to come on, come in the uh, bar, but uh, someone said he had to drive however many hours. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, oh. if, if I if oh. I would have found a way to thread the needle, I would have done it because we were out. We were in Pennsylvania, <laughs> um, but like I, we'll get into some of the travel things that happened because uh, yeah, it, there's oh, okay. some, some some people that we know ended up having to drive a lot longer uh, for all that. We'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, yeah, but okay. yeah, yeah, I, I, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, practice with another band. We did a little recording that's online of the Michael Bartlett trio. Well, but and, you said that um, the show you did that you like it wasn't it was an indoor venue versus an outdoor one, and you so you said it was a little oh yeah. Sorry, th- this place was uh, yeah that was with my band Rust Valley Revival. That was that show, and we had a ridiculous amount of sound equipment which we had to turn way the hell down because. Even though you're a rock band, you should be quiet. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was cool though. The, we once we got the sound all situated, which was the first time we were using the PA, they were cool with it and they're like, oh, "Okay, yeah, this is great." Blah blah blah. So they want us. I think we're we're playing there again. I want to say in maybe September, maybe nice. no, not October, but anyway, there. And then they want to book us in February. So yay, more shows. Yeah, absolutely. Right. If you do good and yeah. people are entertained, then, you know, keep coming. Right. So that's good. I'm glad to hear that, uh, there's success there. Exactly. And, thank you, know, you. Thank and, you. Um, it may, it may be one day, oh. maybe one day, uh, there might be some burly men showing up. I don't know, but we'll, you know, I, never say never. Hey, that'd be cool. Yeah. I think I told Terry, I would love to make it out to Ohio to play at some point. Cause every time I played a show out in Ohio, it's been great. I, I don't know why that is just, I have no explanation because I'm not saying Ohio is a, like, you know, it's not, it's not the best place, but okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Trust me. Every show. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, yeah. Other than bad stuff and big trouble in little China. Oh, I did watch, um, excuse me. I watched the movie, the black phone. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Off, yeah, yeah, yeah. Based off the uh, Joe Hill story. Yeah, that and, was um, uh, oh uh, Ethan Hawke in that. Yeah, yes. Robert C. Gar- Cargill and um, yes. the director and, um, is um, the guy did the original yeah. Doctor Strange and did Sinister. Yes. And um, yes, yeah, uh, shit, his name's escaping me right now. I, I uh, I've been wanting to see that. So um, how was that? That very 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 good. Yeah, very good. It um, and I <laughs> you'll you'll see when you get there. But I I think the. Scott Derrickson. Yeah. Sorry. Scott, Derrick- Scott Derrickson's the director. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. it. Yes. Yes. That's right. But yeah, I'd say the first half hour, 45 minutes is pretty intense and it's not even quite at the horror part of it yet. Okay. So uh, yeah, you'll, you'll see what I mean. And it, yeah. It looks like it's on Peacock now already. Ooh. Jesus. It is. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Which I discovered that through our cable, we get Peacock plus premium for free. Okay. So nice. Like, okay. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, Peacock isn't actually even that much. I mean, I know that I we we have too many streaming services right now. Like I'm about to, I, I did shut down my AMC Plus subscription because uh, Better Call Saul just finished. Um, so uh, okay, yeah. Um, but I mean, I want to get to there's that one the one series called what was it uh, that Dirty Black Bag? That's their kind of Western series. I got to finish that, but I have a month to do that. But yeah, there's uh, okay. um, that it's cool. It's kind of it's it's kind of spaghetti Westernish anyway. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, we have too many streaming services. But Peacock really isn't that expensive versus like the other ones. So yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing it's weird about like sometimes the app is terrible where like you want to either fast forward or rewind and then the entire app's like I don't know what's going on. I just it's like I guess we're done now. You know. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll be nope. You're you're done. Okay, but I know I've heard nothing but good things about the black phone. I almost. Uh, I almost considered uh, seeing that on Monday. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second because I was like, I had the day off and I was like, I should go to a lot of movies. And that was what I almost considered. But now now it's on Peacock. Hell yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, I'd get to that. And if you haven't read any Joe Hill, please, I can't recommend his stuff enough. Yeah, I haven't. I just, it's not because it's, I'm like anti Joe Hill or anything. It's just, I haven't, like, you, you know me, like, we've talked about this. It's like, it's, it, I, it's not that I'm like, when I start reading, I really get into something. And I know you read a lot more than I do. And I used to read a lot more, but I also feel like yeah. it's a weird thing with like technology where I'm looking at a screen all day. It's hard. And it's like, but then I'm a, I'm a hypocrite. I go play video games. Right. But it's like, I think it's a different kind of, <laughs> I think that's a little different is, type yeah. of engagement, you know? So I, I feel like I'm constantly looking at text. So it's hard for me sometimes to sit down and get into a book. Um, not because I don't like reading, you know, like, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. there's my, my reading of novels and stuff has significantly dropped off the last few years. And that's, you know, it's not a good thing. I mean, I'm consuming media, but I'm not like physically reading things. So yeah, that's yeah. on me. That's all right. But yeah, this stuff's good. It's, um, and, um, I'll say this and people might push back and they, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but they're wrong. <laughs> I think, um, <laughs> no, I think, um, as far as being like, um, maybe stylistically, I, I even know I hate to use that term, but like as a wordsmith, I think Joe Hill is a little better than uh, a little better than pops. But, um, well, I mean, that's standing on I mean, the shoulders he, of giants, right? And, and so that's good. King, yeah, 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 exactly. And, and Kings, you know, his, his style is more conversational, which I, you know, I love, but uh, as far as storytelling though, I think Stephen King's still a little better. Well, fair enough. I, mean, I know they've worked yeah. together on stuff and I know he, uh, he and Owen have worked on things too. And I've not read, I've not read the Institute. Um, not at the Institute. Um, what's the one they did? Oh, together. sleeping it, beauties, sleeping beauties. I've not read that. Read um, yeah, yeah. I haven't read that either. I yeah. I, my, I, I've like the last, the last King book I read was the outsider, which I mean, 
that's still it was still really good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, mm. I still have I, I now have some gaps in my King reading. I used to every, like every six months when a book came out, I would devour it. And I've just I've been I've been a bad reading person, is what I'm saying. So yeah, um, that's all right. Yeah. I've I've gotten some of his books lately, but uh, not not necessarily have I read all of them. Like, like although I, like, I did yeah. just buy, I, I I have Desperation from when it first came out. I've had it for years, haven't read it yet, and of course now it's coming out as a movie. I bought um, the um, Regulators. <gasps> The regulators, thank you. Yeah. Oh, both those books are batshit in their own way. I, I, I. Oh, oh my goodness! Like desperation, desperation. I feel like um, was like, uh, like it came out like post, um, post uh, being hit by a van. King, you know, and so I think, yeah. that, so, and that's like, not that I'm saying that he hasn't still done it, like great things after that. It's like I think there's like a couple, like there's eras of King, right? Like you have cocaine insane king right and then <laughs> and then you have like yes i've gotten over that and I'm, I'm hitting my groove king and then it's like i got hit by a van king and every one of my uh, protagonists is going to get hit by a van for a long time like uh, yes yeah. yeah everyone gets hit by a van or they get they somehow lose a limb or yeah which you get into an accident yes you know if he's working his way through shit and, and write what you know, I get it. Like there was even, do you remember there was the um, a- ABC tried uh, bringing that serious kingdom hospital over from overseas and updating it. So King did the adaptation of it. And in the very first episode, someone gets by a van and that too. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay. And then he even has like, his own getting hit by a van in the dark tower. You're like, well, there's a lot to unpack here. I get it. Spoilers. Oh, sorry. Um, (laughs) No, I do know that happens, but uh, yeah, yeah. I I still haven't made it past blizzard and glass. Damn it. Um, I'll you. It's, it's, yeah, it's worth, it's worth finishing. And then the fact that that was kind of his impetus to actually finish the series, because he's like, I just, you know, I don't know how much time I got. Right. But like from a Buick yes. eight, like the main character's father gets by a car, oh, yeah, catcher, the car main, one of the main characters gets by a van. It's just like, it's like, dude, like I know you wrote Christine, but I feel like you need to really write your book about a van that's out to kill people, you know, like, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, there's like, um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that other than King writes a lot of like, so now, like now past that, maybe he's past that. I like, I've, I still yeah, enjoy I him kind of yeah. settled into the, uh, Oh, I was once an alcoholic drug addict, whatever, but now I'm better. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying, so what I'm saying is desperation was like, I felt like that it was his post post van. Right. But that felt like it kind of felt like it, it hit this like, like weird mean streak that he had during like his cocaine days, you know, like meaning, Like he wasn't afraid to like, just like, just, just get nasty with some stuff going on. Desperation has that. And then the regulators is just like, he released that under the moniker of Richard Bachman on purpose. Cause it is, it is loony. Like it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard that was oh. pretty silly. I, I did read the little intro of it and yeah, <laughs> I, written under Chuck Verrill, who's yeah, I like I like that. Um, they yeah. said that Bachman died to cancer of the pseudonym, I think, or whatever it was, something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, and the books are connected because he uses the same characters, and but they get used in different ways. Like it's it's um like I have the hardcovers of, of both, like because I, I you know when they first came out and like the covers yeah. connect when you hold books the both books up to each other, so it just like it's I I do hope you get to them. It's I'm so bad now that I'm like I don't read books anymore. But when people talk to me about books, I'm like here's all the books I've read before. You should read them and talk to me about them. I won't read new ones. <laughs> you know, yeah. read my old ones. Damn you! Yeah. What's wrong? Oh, like like um like, uh, Audible. Like I dig into a lot more like 
um, nonfiction with Audible. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've listened to one book that was a fiction book and it was fun because they actually had a voice cast and everything, but I always kind of view okay. like the nonfiction things as more of like just like an 18 hour podcast or whatever. Right. So that's like Eric Larson's been my jam. And I know we've talked about that previously, um, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's like, I just, I haven't really leaned into like uh, fiction works uh, as audiobooks, And I don't, it's weird that I have a weird barrier for that where I'm like, I'd rather read it but I'd rather somebody like tell me a real story in my ears and I could use my eyes for like a, a made up story. I don't know why that there's that division there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, try or do an audible reread. I think I've told you this before Do an audible reread of a King book you've already read. So yeah, maybe I know some of the dark tower stuff supposed to be really, really good depending upon the narrator. There's some that, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've heard he has some sketchy narrators yeah. himself included. I, I kind of got um, over myself a little bit where it's like, it's an audiobook. You didn't read it, but I've, I've gotten over myself where I'm like, <laughs> I've consumed this. I have been satisfied. I believe that, you know, I read it with my ears. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll have, I'll mention Stephen King here in a little bit in a second when we get to my weekend. Uh, so oh, okay, yeah, yeah uh, uh, so, uh, the, the, uh, Richard's correct. Um, Steve, myself and Terry of, uh, strange highways, who was also one that, uh, talk about rhythm episode about prey. Uh, if you guys have not checked that out, I put it on the Facebook page. It's not part of the podcast feed. If you, it, it was a, a free Patreon episode of talk about rhythm. Some of that's behind a paywall, but this one's not, if you've not listened mm-hmm. to that episode, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and, um, praise a great movie anyway. Uh, so, so yeah, we all ended up, um, at, um, still city con over the weekend. It was in Monroeville in the shadow of the mall, uh, in the shadow of the, you know, Dawn of the dead mall. Um, and so, uh, Steve and I went together with my wife, uh, Terry. So I was talking about driving. He was, uh, camping in Southern Ohio and he actually drove like four and a half hours to get to the convention. Uh, yeah. Four and a half hours. Jeez. Where was he? In Ohio. I don't know. Like Southern Ohio. Oh my God. Like, yeah. He was far. Like, cause he's like, Oh, it won't be that far. Cause it always feels like if you just like, you know, if you just go like South, it's like, you're still kind of relative. Like, you know, you're not going, you know, West away from Pittsburgh, but what, anyway, he had to, mm. yeah. And so yeah. he, he drove <laughs> way further. Like uh, Steve, you know, he's about an hour or so away from me. So he, we met up here. I drove out to Pittsburgh. It was like two hours, 20 minutes. Not that bad. Uh, and then, you know, and then, so Steve had a longer drive to all things considered. Right. But anyway, Terry, I felt so bad for him so bad. Cause he did that. And then he was there and then he had to drive. It's like, I was like, are you going home after this? He's like, no, I'm going back to the campgrounds. I'm like, oh my gosh. Jesus. So, yeah. Him. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, yeah. I mean, I respect it. Let's put it that way. I, I don't know if I'd make that decision, but I respect it. Cause I'd have been like, oh wait, I can drive half as far and go sleep in my own bed. All right, yes. guys, it's nice seeing you. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> so yeah, Steel City Con, uh, it was announced a month ago that there was like, it's, it's not like, um, the good news is, is that it's its own thing. It's not like part of Fan Expo, which was formerly Wizard World. So it's not like these corporate chain uh, cons where there's like these weird barriers for entry in terms of pricing and everything else. And so the meaning that there's more often than not different, celebrities will agree to these smaller cons because you know 
I, it's just, I'm sure there's a lot of bullshit with some of the bigger chain ones. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so with this, um, the, the big news was John Carpenter was going to be there. He rarely, he rarely does any type of public appearances at con. So I'm like, shut up and take my money. I had, you know, I wanted to go meet the man. Uh, and Steve did too. And Terry did too. So that, that was our, our big nexus point there. However, um, there was a couple other people that were going to be there. Like Danny Trejo was there and I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do that too. And then I saw that Edward James almost was there. I'm like, yes, please. I'll keep spending money, you know, like, so, um, so yeah. I, we bought photo ops. I'd bought photo ops for the three of them and they were at different times and the photo op thing, you know, they actually, I'll credit to steel city con. They, it was pretty, pretty efficient. All things considered the way they had it set up. Yeah. Um, what I will say though, is that once like, you know, once you're doing this and it's like, you're with the, the person for like, you know, like, okay, say cheese and you're on your way. So you, you don't get a really a big chance to like engage with the person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get it. It's like, but at the same time, it's like for the money you pay. And I'm not saying that I need five minutes with Danny Trejo. Cause I know other people are online too. Like, I'm not going to be that guy. I understand that yeah. completely, but it's like, okay, you know, like, so it's like, you know, we, like my wife and I met him for, like, he's way smaller than you'd think. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, I saw the picture. He's tiny he's guy. Shorter dude. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, you think about Desperado, you're like, Oh God, this guy, like you think about like from dusk till dawn, you're like, whoo, no, I'm <laughs> taller than he is. Not that I'm saying he wouldn't, he couldn't kill me. Cause you know, I know he's had a hard life, but it's also, he's turned out to be like the nicest guy in the world. Like I just, you know, like, so yeah, we got to meet him and like for the three seconds, he fools you. That's Say how what? he fools you. Yeah. He fools you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lures you in with his niceness and then suddenly yeah, done. Yeah. Uh, um, so, uh, so I just like on the way, like before I left, I was like, Hey, your death and death wish Four was my favorite. He's like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he's so he's that movie for like a blink and miss it and like Tr- chuck bronson like launches like a like a rocket launcher to a restaurant and then that there's a flash frame of where treo is sitting and you can see him as a mannequin and he gets blown oh. up it's amazing nice so yeah um so um so then with edward james Olmos, the reason i wanted to meet him was because of his role or as a dama on Battlestar Galactica. I love Battlestar Galactica. The ending's a little, a little flat, but I love that series. And his character as a Dom is amazing. And so I've been joking because he, he does appearances. And it was like, there was something he was doing in Cleveland, like over 10 years ago. And I was like, you know what? Cause one of the things with the Dama is that he would not be afraid to punch a son of a bitch in the show. Yeah. And like, he would like, you know, like there, like sometimes like there was the gut punch or like a punch to the face, you know, I'm just like, all right. So I always joked, like, like when I saw he was coming to Cleveland years ago, and I was like, I want to meet Edward James almost. And I want him to punch me in the stomach. Like I've said this for over 10 years. Uh, it's like, it's been a running joke of like, I meet him. I need him to punch me in the stomach. Like life lived, you know? Yeah. So then I'm in line for this. And then when we get to him and I look at him, I was like, can I get a Dama punch the stomach? He's like, yeah. He's like, Yes. Like he was so like, <laughs> he's, he's like, you know, like, was like, yes. Or like, of course, like he was excited for it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> all right. Like, <laughs> and so it was funny. Cause I got the picture and then, um, uh, um, uh, former host Joe was at the show as well. Um, and we were talking later and he walks up to me. He's like, Oh, so you met Adama. Did he punch in the stomach? I'm like, yes, he did. And I, <laughs> Like it was, uh, he's like, you don't even know. This is like ten years in the making. <laughs> so I, I can die happy now that I got uh, Edward James almost to look like he was punching me in the stomach. It was amazing. <laughs> nice, that's cool. Yeah. So with the, the carpenter thing, I um I didn't realize that the payment for the photo, which was a fair amount of money, uh, did not include a signature. I did not realize that until day of, and I'm like, oh, I still have to pay a fair, fair amount of money for him to sign something. 
Yeah, I did it. Yeah, yeah it just, right. you know, what, like, what are you going to do? You know, like, yeah. so I had my, um, my art book. Uh, I had my Drew Struzan art book that I got as a gift um, years oh, ago okay, cool. that I, I love this art book. It's, it's great, right? Like it's, it's like his, his artworks, also some original sketches and his commentary on the, 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 the things that he made. And so I, I earmarked uh, the thing and big trouble in little China. Um, so, yeah. cause I know whenever the thing came out, Carpenter wasn't happy with the poster cause it's a man in a suit, you know, versus yeah. what the movie was. However, you know, it, I, I think he's made his peace with it. But when I like, so I paid my money, um, and Steve had went up to him previously and I got in his Halloween poster signed. Cause I know Halloween's like his favorite movie of all time. So uh, I'm sure Steve will tell the story when he comes back on that like, gets on the show and talks about his interaction. I wasn't there for it. Um, okay. it, it was very transactional. He didn't come away with a cigarette burn on his arm. Dude. No, which would have been amazing. I would have gotten that okay. tattooed. Right. I'd be like, just burn, put one out on me. It's fine. Like, you know, um, <laughs> just want it to just, out. please just make me feel something. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so when I met Carpenter, I had, the, I brought the book to him and I was like, and he's like, Oh, Struzan. Eh? And I'm like, yeah, I was like, I have two. And I showed him like, you know, both of them. I was like, which would you prefer? And he at very transactional, very matter of fact, he's like, well, the marker will show up better on the thing. I'm like, all right. <laughs> he didn't even <laughs> very practical. Yeah. And he signed it. And then I closed the book real fast. And someone's like, uh, that wasn't dry. And I'm like, Oh shit. And I opened the book back up and the, 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 the signature is just, it's a little, a little smeared. And it, 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 um, the, it also is now on the other page, but it's like, I'm like, well, I guess I got it signed twice. It's fine. It's fine. But it like, but Terry pointed out, he was like, well, it kind of makes sense since the, the artwork for the thing was still wet when it was being sent for approval. And like some of the splatters there got smushed. So I'm like, yeah, it all kind of fits together, you know, whatever. That's the narrative in my mind. So, so yeah, I now have two signatures in that book. I have Doug Jones and I have uh, John Carpenter. So I think that's good company. Um, I'd say so. Yeah. So then when it came to the photo op later, I was like, Steve, are you, are you coming? He's like, well, I didn't pay for a photo. I'm like, well, I have a ticket. That's good for four people. Get in here. And he's like, well, I don't want, I'm like, just get in here. You know, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's apropos for both of you to be in that picture. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, dude, like he's like, well, you spent your money. I'm like, you understand it'd be better if there's two people in the photo, like it'd just be better money wise, you know, just to do it, you know, like whatever, <laughs> like I will feel Quit better. Me, damn it. I was like, I'll feel better about this money I spent. Like, let's like, you know, I'll invite other strangers in here. It's fine. No. Uh, but yeah, we, we, he was there for a second and I got to say thank you again because that's, I don't know, man, like what can you say? to people that are very important to you that have shaped your life. Right. Um, other than thank yeah. you, because they've probably heard everything before and they've probably heard every question before. Right. Like I just, you know, I'm not trying, I mean like, yeah, I would, would have liked to have a little bit more engagement. Absolutely. But I'm not, you know, I'm not blind. I'm not, I'm not like I've paid money for this. You owe me something. He doesn't owe me shit. You know, like, I paid for a signature. I got a signature. I paid for a photo. I got a photo, you know, like it is what it is. Right. But to, to be in the same space for somebody that's been so important to me, um, you know, to have that brief bit of engagement and not hit, and he wasn't an asshole, like not at all, but it was very matter of fact. Right. Um, I don't know, man, like, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, I don't know how you feel about like people say, don't meet your heroes. I say you should and make your own decision afterwards afterwards excuse me yeah exactly yeah. i mean to, to your point even if it's something just as small as saying you know thank you for what you've created that's meant something to me that's it that's all you got to do walk away yeah 
you know, shoot him a message, say, hey, you help me do this or whatever. I've I've done that a couple of times myself, not in person so much, just online or whatever. But after I did it, I was like, OK, that's cool, because as as I mean, no, no offense to John Carpenter, but uh, I saw that picture and he, he looks like he's lived a long and full one. So. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. Right. And then, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, so, and, and who knows when all of these creators that we love, which I mean, Christ knows they're dropping like flies left, right, and center, but and whatever that we love music, movies, books, whatever. So, while you have the chance, yes, do it. Yeah, that's what I'm Say saying. Thanks. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, what well, did I spend a little bit more than I was expecting? Yeah, I did, you know, but. I, you know, if it wasn't on that, it'd probably have been on something else, you know, like, so right. like yeah. it, I didn't even get a chance to really walk the floor at all. in the, the main con, cause I was just kind of like waiting around for things like, cause I'd be in one thing and I'd do another and then I'd kind of come back, check on Mary and like, whatever, like, cause she was like, you know, she was doing her own thing. Steve was doing his own thing. Uh, Terry was like stuck in purgatory waiting to get something signed by Danny Trejo. Uh, yeah, it just, that was a whole ordeal. He could talk about that uh, uh, to you later, but uh, like he was in line for a long time to get something signed. <laughs> um, but, um, so yeah, that, I mean, that's that my, my con experience was like me just getting like three photos and like, you know, looking at things for a second. Um, but, uh, um, Oh, what was I going to say? Like there, there was still some weird shit that was going on there that I'm like, eh, really? I saw like three to six Eddie Munson's, uh, there. Um, you know. uh, <laughs> yes, it's happening already, baby. <laughs> and it's just like, Oh God, really? This is what we're doing. Really? And it's like, it yeah. was like Munsai. Like, Oh, I see you guys. Like, okay, great. This is, this is, <laughs> Oh, that's another thing too. There was, um, the cheerleader. Like, are you caught up on stranger things? Do you know what I'm talking about or no? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. Exactly. What you're yeah, yeah. yeah. So the cheerleader that was in that first episode of the most recent season, mm-hmm. um, she was in the one episode she was there, right? Her line was longer than like Robert Patrick, uh, Edward James Olmos, like, um, like Will Wheaton, like she they had this cue that was like, just huge. I'm like, you were what per- you were like out, like you were out. Yeah. Like was she maybe two episodes or just the first one? I don't know. Like I think this is the one. Uh, and then like, Ow. and then like the other people that had decent lines were like, uh, was it Zachary Levy was there? Uh, and like Wayne Knight had a decent line. So credit to him, you know? Oh, okay. But, yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Kangaroo Newman. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, but I was like, Jesus Christ, what's going on here? It was just confusing to me, you know, like, uh, you know, so anyway, that hey. was weird. <laughs> That's but, weird, but good for her getting out in front of oh, that. For sure. Get your money. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She, who knows when or if she'll ever get another job again, but like, I'm sure if Barb was there. She would have like made bank as well, right? So, oh, good yeah. God, yes, <laughs> yeah, justice for Barb. So that that was interesting <laughs> to see that. Um, there was um, there there was. Well, I went outside for a second, and there like this is my first time seeing this out in the wild. There was somebody there with a megaphone and a big Jesus sign yelling at people uh, as oh, they're entering the convention. Yes! And I'm yes. just like, well, I was I was pissed because I just saw families with kids going in, and they're just like ranting, and it's like. Like, I kind of wanted to go, I w- like, I, I almost want to buy my own megaphone now and keep it in the back of my car at the ready with the sign being like, or not just a big sign saying, or not, and just have my own <laughs> megaphone just to be like, yeah, or not. Burp, burp, burp. And just like t- talk, you know, like just, if you're going to be obnoxious and terrible and push, push what you believe is right on other people, you should deserve pushback. You know, but it was like, I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad that, um, somehow this convention that's meaning no harm for people really 
is like yeah. going to draw your ire. Like anyway, yeah. So that was that that happened. Oh, and then also too, uh, uh, Mary wanted like uh, Bronson Pinchot was there and uh, Mark Lynn Baker. Um, both oh, of the okay. guys from perfect strangers <laughs> were there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so she wanted to meet Bronson Pinchot. And so we did, we did, uh, cause she had seen him in a one man play at playoff square. So she mentioned that to him and that actually, you know, there's sometimes where you say something to somebody, it's like, they, they actually talk to you like, as opposed yeah. to, and he immediately, like he, she unlocked him being a human being, which I'm not saying that he probably wasn't being like towards everybody, but he actually engaged with her and um, he was well, really, yeah, well, really, I yeah. mean, with Bronson Pinchot, especially because what are his, you know, main ones, uh, perfect strangers, maybe Beverly Hills cop. Well, true romance, whatever uh, true romance. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cause there, he had one of one of his headshots. There was him with his face covered in cocaine, which was amazing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. And then he was also, there was a, uh, there, there was no images from the Langoliers there. Um, uh, wow. Yeah. Wait, really? I'm, right. I'm right. No, I, I so, so they shocking. talked for a minute and I told him, I was like, <laughs> I was like, sir, I was like, I loved you as Craig Toomey and the Langoliers. I was like, nobody took being hit by it. And my mind blanked on a toaster, but he felt, he finished it for me. I was like, yeah, that was so much fun. He's like, thank you. Like, like, you know, the Langoliers isn't a good miniseries, but he's so much fun in it. Like, yeah. But it yeah. was just funny because Mary was like, and I love Perfect Strangers growing up. And he was like, well, you know, he was in it too. And he pointed over Marlon Baker. <laughs> I think he was trying to be like, you know, you want to, you want to pay for him too. And it's like, no, but, uh, but it was funny. Cause he actually, like, he's like, he's like, Hey, uh, she watched us growing up, but he just kind of waved and smiled at her. I was like, that was really nice of the both of them. So yeah, yeah. he, it was, it was funny to, you know, it was nice. It was one of those nice, like legitimate, like, le- like nice interactions. That's cool. Cool. So yeah, that's, that was the, my convention. I just, you know, man, I didn't really go to any tables or anything. You know, it was like, um, <laughs> I just, yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, I wish I could have saw everything, but I'm like, I wouldn't have bought anything. I feel bad about that, but it's like, I have so many prints and just random stuff from all the times I've been to conventions before. It would have been really hard for me to, to convince myself to buy another print, you know, like, yeah, that's true. Um, plus you have the, um, uh, what's that? What was the con that I came to? Uh, Cinema uh, Wasteland here. Cinema uh, Wasteland, yeah. yes, that's the October one's coming up, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah first weekend. Yeah. It's like, and I'm, I'm sure I'll go in there and buy like six Blu-rays that I'm like, yeah, I need Alligator Two or whatever. It's fine. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. So, I would like to come to one of those again. I don't know if it'll be. Oh no, October that's, that's a good time. One, yeah, just, I, I definitely want to come back again. Yeah, but the problem was, is when you buy a bunch of different prints, you're like, where, where am I going to put these? You know, it's like you eventually run out of like space for prints. And we bought, we have three photos now, and and Mary got a Bronson Pinchot, a, a cousin Balky image signed. <laughs> so we got to figure out a home for cousin Balky Bartokamus there somewhere. There so, um, but yeah, that was my King connection was the Langoliers, which I like yes. that. I like that novella. It's crazy. Oh, the novella is very good, but the, the miniseries uh, isn't. The miniseries, though, no, no, That's but uh, Bronson Pinchot and Dean Stockwell's in that, so at least there's somebody there. Yeah, but when you get to um, whatever the Langoliers look like, what it, like what are they? The Killer Tomatoes in the second <laughs> half of that like with crazy razor type things. Sure, whatever. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, whatever. Um, I don't know. But yeah, so then, uh, so then after the con, we uh, you know obviously hit uh, a Pittsburgh staple, uh, Permani Brothers. Without you, you. <laughs> Shake my fist. I well, it was the the exact same one that we had stopped when we were in Monroeville, you know, for the other uh, convention. Because I was driving away, and I'm like, "Oh, that's where we're going." And 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 Mary's like, "What is this?" I'm like, "You'll like it." And I was like, "They like they do sandwiches with the fries on them." She's like, "I don't know how I feel about this." And then she ate it. She's like, "That's amazing." I'm like, "Yes, 
Um, you know, that we <laughs> it have should a, we, work, but yeah, we have, we have a, we have a chain of bars around here called Panini's. They do that too. But for what it was like, but Permani brothers, you got to go to Permani brothers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just like, all right, that's why I, I knew that you weren't available because you're playing a show. So that's why I thought it'd be funny to call out that you weren't around. <laughs> And then some of our o- other local Pittsburgh friends are like, why weren't we invited? I'm like, yeah. Like what the like, hell? Dude? Like, like Whoa. I, like I wasn't going to try to hurt cats and coordinate like six things, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, cause I had to go home. And then once I got home, Steve had to drive like another hour and a half. Cause I was trying to keep his travel time of mind as well. You know, <laughs> like, like, yeah, we're yeah. going to just stay out forever. And then you're going to drive another hour, Steve. Good luck with that. You know, whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was a good con. It just, I didn't, um, didn't really do anything there other than seeing all the Munsai and, uh, you know, and, and getting punched in the stomach by, uh, you know, Adama and meeting Carpenter. Yeah. It was, it was a good, a good little, like, you know, we're there, we do our thing and we're gone, you know, like, and that's okay. Um, that's cool then. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would go back. I just, I would like maybe a little bit more time to kind of breathe. So in terms of like walking around, so maybe I won't overload. Like I, this is the first time I really like went full tilt with like, um, like photos. Right. But my gosh, okay. like the three people, like when are they going to be around again? Right. Like, you know, True. so yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, that was my con weekend. And then when I came home, I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm going to watch Chuck Norris movie. So I watched code of silence, um, which I just, my brain was like, I can't do anything right now. I'm like, what am I, I'm going to watch it. I'm just, you know what, you know how, have you ever got that moment where you're like, I don't know what to watch. And then somehow you're like, that makes sense. Like, I just don't understand how you just stumble. Like, yeah, sure. Like a mid eighties Chuck Norris movie I've never seen before. Yeah. Why not just watch it? Yeah. Yeah. So it was actually not bad. Um, I've been there before. Yeah. Cause sometimes you do need to just, I think I've said this on, I think I've said it on here before. Sometimes you just want to sit back, watch something t- and turn your brain off. And that's, yeah. Yeah. I just to like, your point. like code of silence is actually decent for what it is. And if it feels like, after that, when Canon started throwing a bunch of money at Norris, like Canon was hoping for probably movies of the caliber of code of science. And when, when I say that is like, it's not great, but it's, it's perfectly serviceable. And like, like it's a turn your brain off kind of like, Oh, there's this one good cop and he's dealing with corruption. And then also, uh, there's like this other mob thing he's dealing with too. You know, like it's like, that's the, these are the films that Canon wish they could have made, but they just never gave a shit enough, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. so, um, yeah. So no, it was decent. Like I actually ended up liking it. I'm like, man, they should do a remake of this. I'm like, yeah, but like the whole notion of like one good cop against corruption, I'm like, it's going to be a little bit more nuanced and, um, like, you know, if you're going to update it, you'd really have to look at it. You know, like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's been done once or twice since yeah. then. Maybe. No, but yeah. like, whatever, like he actually was like, not willing to um, cover for one other cop. The rest of them like, yeah, he could go on his own. And then like the one time he was out, like, and he was like chasing down some suspects. He's like, I need help. And everyone's like, I don't know. There's a dog out here. I got to track down or, Oh, I don't know. There's a stolen car. It's like, it's like the way that like all the cops would not show up was like very comedic and it's supposed to be very serious. And it's like, it's like the one time, the one time, like they're not there for him. I'm like you could have actually made hay out of this a lot more, <laughs> you know, but no, no, it's like, Oh man, I don't know. There's a, there's a kid in a tree or something. I got to go deal with that, you know, whatever. So anyway, that was my weekend. And then also uh, real quick, 40 minutes. Okay. In, I took Monday off. I went to the movies. I saw Thor, uh, love and thunder. So oh, I, nice. yeah, yeah. Nice. I was going to go see that and Nope, but I couldn't get my timing right. Cause it was, I thought I was going to be able to get out of love and thunder and go right into Nope. 
but my timing uh, was off and, and nope started like would have started 20 minutes before I got out of love and thunder. So I, like I got a refund on that ticket and I wasn't going to wait around for an hour to like, I, it's just, you know, like when I go to the movies, I will go see multiple movies, but I want it to kind of be like lockstep in terms of like getting in on one and going into another. I'm not going to just sit gotcha. in the lobby and wait, you know, like it's just, I don't know, whatever, but love and thunder, a lot of fun. Um, you know, cool. Have you it, yet to see it? it yeah. It's I mean, supposed to be coming on Disney plus soon. Isn't soon. It? Yeah. But it's just like, you know, yeah. I've seen, I've seen all the, the Marvel movies in the theater, except for black widow and the eternals. So like, mm-hmm. I, I still like, you know, those are movies to go see on the big screen. It was a lot of fun. Uh, about 20 minutes into the movie, I was in the theater by myself, which I was like, this is going to be amazing. Um, and cause that's the reason why I waited because I just, I can't trust moviegoers anymore to actually shut up and watch a movie. Um, but about 20 minutes in, uh, like, uh, I think like a mom and like two kids came in, but, and they weren't, they weren't really a problem. They, they kept like ever so often want to walk up to go to the bathroom or whatever, but then like, they didn't really talk a lot. So it was fine. Like it was Ooh. actually like, Oh good. You're actually, you're watching the movie. Thank you. You know, so yeah. Yeah. When Wendy and I go to the movies, we try to at least take one thing out of the equation. We, we will go sit all the way in the back row. So that way we at least don't have any behind shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. Now I I can't speak for anything that goes on ahead of us or next to us, but for the most part, we've really lucked out in that sense. And I say that I think it's just because like I'm, I have so much like PTSD from like, things that are like, like, that's not even the right term. That's not fair to people that actually have PTSD. I think that, but I've had too many like overtly negative experiences that now I'm always on edge when I go to the <laughs> theater and I expect the other shoe to drop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, so I was like, it's a Monday. It's not a holiday weekend. This is not going to be well attended for a movie that's been out for like a few weeks. So that's kind of when I've been picking and choosing to go to the movies is like, I try okay. to counter program now. And I've had some success. Like I've, it's actually been better. Like, I think I'm like, I can't wait to get to like the early bird uh, pricing. Like I don't want to get older, but you know, I, you know, if you're going to charge me <laughs> like $3 less for a ticket, I'll be all about it, you know, whatever. But yeah, no, yeah. love and thunder was fun. Um, I don't understand the blowback cause it's Taika Waititi. So if you liked Ragnarok, I don't know why you wouldn't like this one, you know, like it's equal. Parts, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I can't know. speak to it, but yeah. I've, have you you've yeah, seen, I've heard, have you seen Ragnarok? Oh, I've seen Ragnarok, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not amazing. It's not as laugh a minute as Ragnarok, which I think that's a positive. But yeah. like the comedy in it works really, really well. Chris Hemsworth's amazing. Natalie Portman's—they actually give her something to actually do for once, versus like the first two Thor films. Yeah, um, I was gonna yeah. say she was pretty one note for the first couple Thor movies. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so yeah, no, it, not cool. It, yeah, it's it. Yeah, Christian Bale's great. He's creepy as all get out. So yeah, it's all. You got, you got Thor versus Batman, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's good. Um, there, there's a bit wherever, uh, they go to this big, big pantheon of like all the gods, like all, like all the gods. Right. Uh, uh okay. and there's a couple of them that they, they, they show and like they, they name that one of them made me laugh. Um, because I, it's not shown in the trailers. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil it, but I came home and told my wife, I was like, I've now seen your God. And she's like, what are you talking about? It's like, it's in the movie. It's your God. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's actually a pretty, pretty funny little joke. So I, I did appreciate that. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm definitely gonna check it out. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. As is the show. Welcome to invasion of the podcast where we take 44 minutes before we get into anything. Um, I like, it was like, you're like, should I get news ready? I'm like, no, we don't need news. 
<laughs> yeah, we're just going to talk about a weekend and go straight into the thing. Well, sure, sure. Yeah, we'll get straight into the movie. Well, I mean, I met, I met John Carpenter. And also, too, well, on the outside, there there was the station wagon from Halloween. Uh, that was pretty oh, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who was it? Was it Steve? Steve or Terry? They got a, yeah. Okay, uh, Steve, well, they, like and Terry might have as well, but Steve did. And like so then, but also if you look at uh, John Carpenter's uh, Instagram, they actually let him set in the vehicle, which he should, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like that's cool, but it's like I, I told Steve, I was like, only if they let you drive around the parking lot and have somebody dressed up as Donald uh, Pleasance not paying attention to you. Cause that would have been the perfect experience of having him not looking at you while you're driving around the station wagon. Yes. So it's funny how like that nondescript vehicle has survived. It is now a thing, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, if you would have brought me one of the Christine's cause I know there was like so many of them used, I would have freaked out, you know, like I freaked <laughs> out meeting the, the goblin head. Uh, for Max Overdrive, you know, like, uh, like like, it sounds like he was really nice. It was just a, it was an inanimate object, but I'm like, it's the goblin head, you know, whatever. (laughs) Uh, but it's like this brown station wagon. I'm like, that's cool. Like I I didn't get a picture with it, but it's like, you know, (laughs) like it's the station wagon everybody had, you know, (laughs) you know, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You, you could have literally told me that it's the, it's the station wagon from it. And I would have never verified. I would have believed you, you know, like. (laughs) You know, meet the car yeah. that met that, Michael Myers. That red hatchback is exactly. It. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I thought I recognized it. Meet, yeah. meet the bulldozer from Christine. I'm like, oh, is that the one? Is it? Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Anyway, enough about that Carpenter stuff. Uh, we should get into our year of Carpenter, and we're getting into 1986's uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, uh, as as we do here, we're going to get into the tra- get into. We're going to listen to the trailer, and then we're going to get into um, this really weird and fun movie. This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a pretty amazing planet we live on here, and a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. There is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery. What's going on here? Is this some kind of... Magic. The darkest magic. They call it Little China. Finally, we shall bring order out of chaos. It's where big trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton. Me. Jack. Jack. They told him to go to hell. He make one move. And that's just where he's going. Somebody, I don't care who, tell me what is going on. How are you going to spring us? I have no idea. Nineteen eighty six is a big trouble, little China. It was obviously directed by John Carpenter, written by Gary Goldman and David Weinstein. We'll get more on that in a second. Um, ad- adapted by W. D. Richter. We'll get to more on that in a second as well. We have Kurt Russell's Jack Burton, um, Dennis Dunn as Wang Chi, um, Kim Cattrall as Gracie Law, James Hong, uh, David Lopan, uh, Victor Wong as Egg Shin. I yeah, I love James Hong. I, I was like oh, Min- Minnesota's own. 
James Hall. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I looked over a list because I have, you know, credits here and there for everyone. And then pulled up James Hong over 600 credits. I'm like, holy shnikes. Yeah. And, but I just love that. It's like, you know, where were you born? Minnesota. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I watched an interview with him. Um, Oh, hell, what was, I think it was on one of those CBS Sunday mornings or whatever. It was a fluff thing, but he was getting his walk of fame, uh, or his star on the walk of fame finally. And he's talking about, yeah, we were in the, I grew up, we, there was, we were in the, grew up in the Chinese part of town. And he says, then he kind of rolls his eyes as well. Yeah, it was the Chinese part of town because there was only two stores owned by people from Chinese descent, my father and someone else. And that was it. <laughs> that was Minnesota's Chinatown. <laughs> yeah. Like I like I I uh, came back to my hometown like after after college and they there was a Chinese restaurant on Main Street called Chinese Restaurant. So I understand that kind of uh you know, like oh yes. you know, there's not a lot, you know, like there there should be more diversity. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what, yes. yeah, but yeah. So yeah, we like, uh, but I, I love, I, I love uh, James Hong, and I like, I like. I'm, I'm glad he's finally gotten a, like a star on the Walk of Fame. It's overdue. <clears throat> oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kate Burton as Margot, Donald Lee as Eddie Lee, uh, Carter Wong as Thunder, Peter Kwong as Rain, James Pax as Lightning. The, I think those are very important. Uh, we have uh, mm-hmm. Susie Pai as uh, Miao Yin, uh, and then the other person I want to mention here that I think is um, important just because of what we would know them as later would be uh, Al Leong. He's the Wing Kong hatchet man, which he has a very distinct oh, look. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But Al yeah. Leong is awesome. Right. And yeah. yeah. So he's also, a, uh, he also helped with like, I think some of the fight choreography on this as well. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, um, this, so in terms of where we're at in terms of Carpenter, uh, so I'm going to go into the book again, assault on the system, the nonconformist cinema of John Carpenter by Troy, uh, Howarth. Um, we had talked about Starman last month and how after Christine, it did okay, but it didn't do amazing. And then Starman, uh, you know, did pretty well, but not amazing. Carpenter kind of had a little bit more cred again in terms of the studios. Yes. Like he showed after the financial failure of the thing, um, that he was, you know, he is able to work as a gun for hire. So he got a little bit more goodwill. So uh, the road to big to big trouble in Little China. This is I'm reading for the book here. Uh, to the screen was not without its complications. And hindsight, that a major studio should have elected to take a chance with such a picture is something of a miracle. I agree with that. But yeah. for good or for ill, this film survived its various challenges, heartaches, and dismal box office. We'll get to that in a minute. To become a true cult film. So, uh, this was first brought to him Carpenter in 85, but the script had already been kicking around, uh, for a while. Gary Goldman and David Z. Weinstein had collaborated on the script in 82, at which point it was supposed to be a Western. Um, so then Fox eventually, um, approached it, but they said that you had to change it, uh, the script to actually make it filmable. Uh, it was decided that the period setting needed to be changed. Uh, and the original writers of so the two I just mentioned were not willing to go back and actually revise their uh, original script. A decision was made to hire another writer uh, to make revisions. W.D. Richter uh, had written um, scripts for the 78 Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Wait, here's an omission. I need to see that. I know the last image, but I've not seen it. Ooh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's solid. I, 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 from everything I know it is, I just haven't gotten to it. Uh, yeah. 79's Dracula. And then he'd actually directed, um, sorry, you're going to say something about Dracula. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, I, I have not seen the 79 version of Dracula with Frank Langella, 
Langella, Langella, excuse me, but pardon my pronunciation. But from what I've heard from a lot of people, that seemed it's either that version or Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Hmm. You know, other other than the you know original, of course, yeah. Universal. I, I do need to see this one, and and if you have uh, Frank Skeletor Langella Langella in there, that's you know. I know they just uh, yeah. recently got booted off a uh, set for being uh, touchy feely, and that's you know rightfully so. But oh yeah, yeah, I heard. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's uh, he was incredible. great. A Skeletor, he was also really great as Nixon and Frost Nixon. So yeah, I need to check out uh, Dracula. Um, and then mm-hmm. um, also Richter directed for Fox the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, which I still have not seen, but I know that it has that caught following now. Uh, so sorry, go yeah, ahead. I've yeah, I've heard that one's various degrees of batshit and 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 i I watched a little interview with uh wd richter on the dvd he said yeah or the blu-ray i have excuse me i have the shot factory blu-ray special edition of uh this now but uh and wd richter said he's like yeah after uh the troubles that i had on the adventures of buckaroo bonsai with the studios i I took a minute away from uh, directing. <laughs> I, I just kind of stuck with writing for a while. Yeah, after that. fair enough. You know, like, yeah, uh, yeah. but the fact that like you, you already had this weird out there project and they brought him in to like update big trouble. Like, okay. Like you can see some of like what's going on in the kitchen here. Right. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, so then, um, yeah. So, um, somehow like Fox still were like, yeah, you should, you should come in and do this. So then, uh, he, uh, after he looked at everything going on, um, so Richter, uh, he did some rewrites and was beyond even tinkering. Uh, so, uh, he actually, what was it? Um, he actually tinkered more than, uh, Dean Reisner did on Starman, which we talked about that last time, but he's mm-hmm. like, I told Fox it's going to be a comedy because it didn't seem to be any point to write it absolutely straight. Fair play. Uh, yes. Carpenter wasn't keen on the original script, but he loved that Richter did with it. Uh, and he's like, I read his version of the script and, and the original Goldman Weinstein draft. Uh, Richter's was far superior. It was funnier, dizzier than anything I'd ever read before. So fair play as well. So then, um, so then it, whenever this was brought to him, uh, later on, um, Carpenter would admit, he's like, I didn't know this movie was originally a Western uh, when it, I first read it. He's like, it was offered uh, from 20th Century Fox. Essentially, what they wanted was an Indiana Jones type movie. I read it and just had to do it. So this is the, well, maybe maybe Vampires, which I've not seen in forever. But this might be the closest we get to Carpenter approaching a Western. But it's funny that he his his heart and soul is in Rio Bravo. And he loves the John Ford movies that mm-hmm. he didn't realize this was pitched as a period specific Western to begin with. And then you get into some of the things that going on, especially the first big gang fight. Um, when the one guy comes out with like the bandoleros and the gold guns, you're like, oh, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> you're like, okay. Just, like, you just know. a scoach on the nose, but I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I loved it. Right. It's like, yeah, this feels like this could have, like this could have fit and it could have been a weird Western, but it kind of still even is. So yeah. 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 So then, yeah, so he, so Carpenter saw this as a chance to pay homage to the wild Kung Fu fantasy films that he'd fallen in love with in the seventies. I agree with mm-hmm. that. My, my vocabulary knowledge of that time frame of, uh, martial arts films is very lacking. So I can't speak to a lot of this. It is something that I want to get into more, but I know that there were so many made that it's one of those things I kind of need. Like, it would be nice to have somebody be like, okay, here, here's what you should get into. Maybe ignore this, this, and this, but here, well, here's the good shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of there too. 
And I think even what Carpenter did in, in this goes to another interview I watched with um, Dean Cundy. And he said when they were going to do some of the fight scenes, Carpenter specifically brought in some of the directors of some of those films from Hong Kong to discuss how they would go about doing it. And, yeah. Like, or how they would go about choreo- choreographing some of those particular scenes. I mean, you can get into more of that later, I suppose. But that's that's just from what Dean Cundy gleamed. Well, yeah, because you have Al Leong and then we have uh, Jeff Amata. Uh, so they, he was yeah. a performer and stunt coordinator and he was also in the martial arts. Um, he would actually work with Carpenter all the way through ghost of Mars. Uh, but yeah, Al Leong, which very recognizable guy, like you, we know him, you know, I yes. think he, wasn't he yeah. the mobster in, um, the beginning of temple of doom? Wasn't he the one at the table with the lazy Susan, um, whenever the diamonds are being oh, shown around with like, I don't poison? know if he was in that he was in, um, I'll have to double check that. I'm a hack and a yeah, fraud. Double check yeah, double check that yeah, one. Yeah, the one yeah. I recognized him from most was, um, I believe, Die Hard. Yeah, I mean, I but, we, but we know Al Leon. And it's like, and he, yeah. he doesn't have... He doesn't have a big role here in terms of front of the camera, but he's very recognizable. And it's like, I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, it's Ali Young. Yeah. And so, yeah, exactly. Cause yeah. you see him you're like, Oh yeah, I still have him in this, 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 and this. Yeah. Yeah. And he would go on to work and they live escape from LA and goes to Mars, which I'm sure we'll get to some of that later, uh, but you know, eventually, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I know you're right. Like the, like he was like Carpenter was like, I want to like pay homage to like these things that I loved. And it's like, Oh, well that, that all makes sense. Right. So then, yeah. um, so then going forward here, right around the same time he was in talks to direct this film, big trouble, little China, he was approached by paramount, uh, to direct Eddie Murphy and the golden child, which, <laughs> um, I don't know if they, they covered any of that in the commentary. I don't know. Um, cause that's no, but I, I'm laughing because when I was going through the credits of the actors, about half of them are in the golden child as well. Yeah, that, well, that makes <laughs> maybe, sense. Maybe not half of them, but a yeah. lot of them are there, yeah. um, which the golden child, it's a fun movie. Like, um, yeah. like there's the whole bit too. Like, I don't, I don't know if you've seen it in recent memories a bit, whatever he's eventually in like the temple and there's the whole thing where they have to spin the cylinder and like do a chant. He was like, spin, like Eddie Murphy spinning. He's like, I want the knife. Give me the knife. And he's like spinning the <laughs> cylinder. Like, <laughs> it's a fun movie. It's not perfect, mm-hmm. but you know, it, like to say this in big trouble, little China, they, that would almost be a wonderful double feature in a lot of ways. Um, oh, yeah, but good call, that is a good call. Yeah. Um, it has its problems, but yeah, it would uh, be fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this comes into play for the production of this film. Um, so since Paramount was kind of courting Carpenter, uh, there was a gentleman named Barry Diller who took over at Fox. It seems like from all um, I've been reading here, Barry Diller was kind of an asshole. Um, surprise, surprise. Let's say, wait a minute. You're telling me that a Hollywood executive. Yeah. Right. Might be an asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't, he wasn't thrilled with this project with big trouble in little China. However, because Paramount was making, um, you know, trying to get Carpenter over, he um, was like, nah, he's our guy. And so um, he kind of made this like a pissing contest and, and basically sued Paramount because of the way they're like trying to court Carpenter. Paramount mm. backed off. So I think he was using this as a cudgel to, to, to punish Paramount to be like, no, we got him working on this project, even if Diller wasn't excited for it. 
Yeah. So, so yeah. In the meantime, just uh, as a brief aside, just kind of talk about his works. Uh, uh, in 85, one of Carpenter's old scripts went into production. It was called uh, uh, Black Moon Rising. Uh, so he got credit for that as Tommy Lee Jones, which I've not seen. I, I think it has Lindo Hamilton as well. I should probably see it. Um, brief, brief aside, at the Carpenter table, um, he had a lot of different screenshots. Not screenshots, like, you know, prints to buy. One of them was the Philadelphia Experiment which I oh, thought wow. was really interesting because he wrote the original script, but and he got an executive producer credit on it, but he didn't do anything with yeah. the movie. And I'm like, what? Okay. There are, are there people that are like, yeah, this one, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's funny. You say that that's kind of what happened with, um, uh, original writer of big trouble in little China, Gary Goldman. He, he w- later on went to write, a version of minority report. I, I guess he was in good with the Philip K. Dick, uh, estate, which that the whole, the, his whole part script was scrapped, but much like Carpenter for the Philadelphia experiment, he got an executive producing credit. Okay. I mean, it's money if you get it right. So you got paid. Hey, for yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm just like, all right, you, you got do. paid for the Philadelphia experiment. I don't know how much you, you know, but, but it's like, but also one of the other prints, which I was tempted, but it's like, I already have my art book with me. Right. Like, but he had one for Halloween three and I'm like, I know that was something he was actually like really involved in. Uh, and I'm yeah. like, oh, that'd have been cool. But, you know, yeah, it's just, but I'm like the Philadelphia experiments. All right, whatever. All right. So, okay. so, so we know about that. So that, that film came out, I got paid for it. I, I need to, I, I do need to watch it. I'm like, why not? Cause same thing with like, um, there's a couple other projects that, that he, um, where it was attached and had some, some input on. Right. But I've not gotten to. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, oh, yeah, sorry, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, please. Oh, no, no. I was, yeah. I was just going to say, I think it's been, Man, I, I think I saw the Philadelphia Experiment once when it first came to either HBO or the VHS. I remember seeing it with my family and just being just being horrified by one of the scenes. And, and I haven't seen it since. But yeah. I think I've seen it before too. I just yeah, again. Yeah, oh yeah. It's like it's kind of the same. Whenever you guys were talking Starman, it's like oh, I have to watch this. I, I know I saw it before and I did, but it was like a first time watch because it had just been so long since I saw it. it so so okay. So you but, you watched that recently though before you listened to what we are talk about it? Yes. Oh yes. isn't that just a delightful movie? Like I just That is know, a really yeah. good film. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it was. I, yeah. Like like it, I it tugged at the heartstrings. Oh, I, I was in tears. I, mean, I was literally in tears at the end and my wife's like, Why are you crying? I'm like, We don't deserve this kind of niceness. <laughs> I'm not crying. Shut up. No, I'm just, I was, I was like one of those things like everything going on right now. It's like, if this, this like little orb showed up and was just trying to understand humanity, they would probably be like, nah, leave them to themselves or, or just bomb them to hell. You know, like anyway. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I'm not going to lie. I I did get a little, a little, a little scratchy throated. Oh that scene, but uh, yeah, it just yeah. wrecked me. Yeah. It's like, how mm-hmm. dare you pull like a uh, Pixar on me anyway. So, um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So then, um, the good news with this is that, um, uh, so, well, okay. Not good news. Like, like, I'll get into like the people that came back for the production, which is good. But despite yeah. Carpenter's issue with Barry Diller, he continued to forge ahead when big trouble. Uh, he knew that he was making his most audacious film since the thing. I agree with that though. He obviously mm-hmm. banked on the idea that this film would be more enthusiastically received. If the thing was too dark and too grotesque, then big trouble would go for something very different. No less grotesque in its way, but far more playful. The tone would be jovial and rollicking, arguably the detriment to the detriment of any possible suspense. 
but that this wasn't a suspenseful film. It was supposed to be like just a good time. I agree with that as well. Yeah. Um, yes. But yeah, Dean Cundy came back um, after being away for two films as director of photography. Um, mm-hmm. And then also camera operator Raymond Stella uh, and then unit director Tommy Wallace and production designer John J. Lloyd, who had worked on the thing and he would be tasked with something even harder to realize. Fair enough. Uh, unlike Starman, the film would be uh, made almost entirely on sound stages. So Starman was shot on location. This is going to be sound stages. Which, when you think about some of the like the like at the end with like the the neon skull set piece, some oh, of those yeah. sets were amazing. You know, yeah, so, they were really really spectacular. So cool. Even the stuff in the uh, in the in the alleyways of Chinatown are just gorgeous. Yeah, like the, you wouldn't the way t- they were done. You wouldn't see it today. Like it's just it's frustrating no. to know that like like um so when I saw uh, Thor Love and Thunder, some people were accusing it um of being too much stagecraft, which is that's that's the term used for that interesting like three sixty three sixty um shooting studio that Disney has. That oh, they could do the yeah, projected yeah, yeah, imagery yeah. Yes. that they do mm-hmm. the Mandalorian on and like there's like like I didn't see it as a detriment. I think that's actually like a nice evolution because you're able to shoot in real, like you're able to make it look like somebody's there, which that's. Well, yeah, it's not like, um, not like an overly computerized green screen or whatever. You're like, okay, yeah, I I can see the edges there. Come on. Let's, let's. Yeah. Yeah, But it's like, since you're actually seeing this projected image and they can actually do like real time light corrections, like, yeah, like (laughs) knowing the Mandalorian shot like that. But if I didn't know it, I'd be like, how did they do this? You know? So I, I oh, think, exactly. Yeah. But then like, so in this day and age, you maybe not do these sets, but there's something there about like, like, um, especially the big skull set at the end of how like this thing with all the neon and how crazy it is. And then they blow it all up. You're like, my God, like, this is like, it's almost like when people are like, I made this beautiful cake. Well, I guess you're going to eat it now. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Here's, yeah. Here's this piece of art. Okay. Let me cut it for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it blows my mind. Like the, the set set decoration in this and set design is amazing in this film. But yeah. So then uh, going on further in terms of um, uh, W.D. Richter or D.W. Richter anyway. Uh, and so when they were yeah. like, when he and Carpenter working together, one of the things they really focused on was Jack Burton being a buffoon an effectual buffoon. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, the, so then when they were talking about casting, they approached uh, Kurt Russell, which was be the fourth and final time that he would work with Carpenter. Russell got the part. He's like, he, he understood what was going on and thought it was hilarious. He's like, yeah, let's do yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause that's in one of the interviews I saw or heard with John Carpenter. He was like, yeah, that's 100% why this movie worked because Kurt Russell was all about making sure that <laughs> Jack Burton was an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And that was the big problem with the studio. Like they actually said that we need him to be more heroic because they were like, they didn't like the idea of his quote unquote sidekick uh, being like with uh, Dennis Dunn as Wang Chi being heroic and the hero. And yeah. Carpenter <laughs> was actively working against the stereotype of like the Asian sidekick. And yeah. yeah, so like, there's a lot of that, but, but Kurt Russell was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. And so, um, it should be briefly, I, I've not seen Elvis. I've not seen the made for TV movie Elvis that Carpenter did with him, but uh, considering, okay. no, I yeah, considering like, you know, snake Plissken, uh, like, you know, McCready and this, like you get three amazing sides of Kurt Russell. Like you see yes. his versatility, you know, versatility. Right. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's so 
Like, yeah, he's perfect. And his, his John Wayne swagger and delivery is like, yeah. it's so hammy and amazing. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. That, that's what he said. He was even going for. He's like, yeah, I was kind of going across between, uh, like the wise assness of Jack early Jack Nicholson, but also the <laughs> absurd swagger of John Wayne. But he said, but what I was really going for was the takes where John Wayne, you know, couldn't get on the horse or he would <laughs> fall over or whatever. He said, those were the takes. Of, or that was what I was going for. The takes they put in the movie were the ones where John Wayne looked dumb. And <laughs> yeah, no, this, this is like, it, it was, it was a right call. Right. And I love yeah, this exactly. guy, this guy who's trying to get away from his like uh, Disney, like kid acting days. Like, and it's like, and he was also, you know, being associated with the thing, which was a box office bomb. You know, you could have easily been like, nah, I'm good, dude. Like you're, you're poison now, but Kurt Russell believed in this, you know? And it's like, that's, yeah. you know, and if he has a good working relationship, like why not? And it's like, you know, and Kurt Russell's like, well, he's proven to be a very bankable actor. And like, I like, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame they, well, they, well, sorry, I take that back. They did a fifth movie escape from LA. Like somehow well, my yeah. mind blanked on that for a second. Okay. Huh, I wonder why <laughs> uh, I Mr. The Goro. I know you'll defend that film. We will have words. Uh, so, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I can't speak to it. have not seen it yet. So. Um, sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, I like maybe there's information in this book that makes me change my mind about it. It's, it's still, it's a whole nother. We'll get into that later, but like when we get there, um, but so, yeah. So um, with the, the production going on here, Fox was determined to have this out by July 3rd of 86 for the holiday weekend um, because they also knew the golden child was actually kind of projected for like the Christmas season. So they didn't want to like have two of these weird, like um, Chinese mysticism kind of comedy kind of action movies mm-hmm. competing against yeah. each other. It's one of those things where it's like, these projects feel like they were de- developed independently, but you're like Hollywood also seems to always be looking over the shoulder of what's coming next. And they're like, Oh, you have a volcano movie. Well, I'm going to make one too. You know, like I always feel like yeah. there's something there. Um, so yeah, they wanted to be out of the gate first thinking that they would get the upper hand. So then, uh, yeah. So then the budget for this was supposed to be 20 million. Uh, Carpenter said it was closer to 18. So you had like Fox constantly like, you know, like being like checking their budget, uh, so then I, I, I know I keep reading from this book, but I want to point out here too, that, uh, uh, what was the gentleman's name that did the, the Edland, uh, that did the special effects or the head of them up, like the practical effects. Oh yeah. Yeah. He would talk about how the budget is crew was barely sufficient. He's like, we didn't have more than 1.5 million for all of the effects. His people <laughs> did ghostbusters and that was 5 million. Yes. Yeah. So oh. think about that. Like that's crazy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And then also, and even yeah. still, it, yeah. Go ahead, please. Not too shabby, I, I gotta say. For, for yeah. that day, no. My mom used to make the statement she could cut cor- cut corners on a circle in terms of like savings. Yes, mm-hmm. like there's st- shit in here too. Like um, when we got low pan, like doing the whole like I'm made of light. You're like, well, that's crazy, you know, and like. And then when we had, um, you know, what was it? Um, not thunder, but like, you know, uh, the one guy, uh, we had, um, what's his name? Uh, thun- yeah. Thunder. Thunderlight. Just be like, uh-huh. I'm going to blow up and be big. You're like, Oh, that's uh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so then the last thing I'll get in here before we talk about the movie, I'm sorry, I'm dragging this out. I apologize. Um, uh, this, this actual time, as opposed to the last two films, Carpenter's like, nah, I'm going to make the music. <laughs> so he scored it. He scored it with, um, oh, uh, let's see here. Um, Alan Holdsworth. Uh, no, 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 no. Hor- I'm thinking of Horwath. Horwath. It's, it's same, yeah. same, same last name as the guy who wrote the book. No relation. And he was like, mm-hmm. I wanted to keep it on a fantasy level. Uh, so he, he said that he was like, although I was making a movie about China and Chinese things, I didn't want it to get uh reeky tiki with it, which again, I respect that. Um, he's like, I wanted to get yeah. away from it. I want to keep a fantasy. So they made the, the, the soundtrack, uh, the anthem known as the pork chop express, which is amazing. Like, I love that bit of music coming into the movie. And then, yes. uh, he managed to get Tommy Lee Wallace and Nick Castle to join him as the Coupe de Ville's to create a theme song for the film called big trouble in little China, which you may or may not hear at the end of this episode. Um, but I like that Nick Castle's playing like the keyboard. And if you like watch the video, you're like, Oh, that's Michael Myers hitting the high notes there. So yeah. 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 <laughs> and in the interview with Carpenter, he was, he was saying that uh, he had somehow weaseled his way into getting the studio to allow him to make a video for it. And he said, yeah, we did it all in one night. Up until about, oh, geez, like three or four oh, in the morning. The video is one of the most 80s videos, if you've not seen oh, it. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but he was proud of himself because he said, oh, yeah, but we made it on MTV. Yeah, no. <laughs> Good for you, man. Yeah. Hey, like, th- like, on I, you. We need, I, I, I missed the the day of the movie with the, like, that's associated with, sorry, the song associated with the movie. Yes. Like the only, the only one that's, that's around anymore is like James Bond, right? Like that's the big one. Yeah. Um, even yeah. though, what was it? No, the most recent Halloween film had, um, what was the, what was the name of the band? Um, priest. That's not the name of the band. What's it called? Um, uh, Halloween, uh, kills. That was, um, oh my gosh. All the metal people are going to be mad at me. I'm not because I have no idea what you're talking about. So. Um, it is from, oh, what's the name of the song? Uh, Ghost, not Priest, because the guy oh, looks okay. like a priest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a bishop. Mm. Yeah, no, Ghost. I mean, of, well, I mean, you're not, yeah, you're it was called, what was it called? Like uh, Killing Moon or something or Hunter's Moon. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Hunter's Moon. Yeah. yeah, that, the yeah. Papa Emeritus does dress up like the. Yeah, he looks. He looks. Yeah, looks like you know. It's like, oh, I'm the death of Pope, or whatever. Anyway, so yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was like the most recent thing, right? So, but yeah, I miss the days of music, like your song associated with the movie. As stupid <laughs> as it is, I miss it. Like you know, <laughs> hey, yeah. that would get a lot of bands out there for a minute or two. Sure, why not? Like you know, yeah. Like this song's called so, Twilight. No, I don't know. Anyway, so um, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you're right to make fun of it. But well, I mean, like, what was, what was one of the most popular songs of all time? It was the theme from Titanic, right? And my heart will go on. Yeah, you need oh, some of that, you know, like or a kiss a from a rose on the gray. That was what from uh, uh, Batman Forever. You know, that was oh. that was the Jim Carrey one. Like, come on, like you know, I, like you know that song. You know, you know that. This is like a prince for the first Batman, for God's sakes. Yeah, Batman eighty nine, Bat Dance. Yeah, right. Like so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, we'll get into some more uh, the shenanigans that go on to this film. But I wanted to get into kind of the groundwork here. So I know we've been talking Mm -hmm. for a bit, but I have a little bit more after this. But that's kind of where we're at with this. So let's let's go back. Um, So you said that this was your first time watching it. Your, your wife's like, we should watch this. And she likes this movie. Um, which yes. like, I, 
uh, that is that's awesome. Like my like my wife likes this movie is great a great deal too. We just didn't get a chance to watch it together. Um, but yeah, like um, so in terms like this is why we do this year of Carpenter is that there's some blind spots and by blind spots I mean a fair amount of Carpenter that I've not actually engaged with. Um, Assault in Precinct mm-hmm. Thirteen, The Fog being two main ones. Uh, well, I mean, even the fog's, uh, so good. Oh, the fog's good. I, I mean, I, I'm, I think I'm a bigger fan of Assault in Precinct 13, but even like Dark Star. Oh, yeah. Like there's there's things there. Right. So like. Um, so, yeah, like in terms of uh, what was your like, where were you at with your engagement level with Carpenter coming into this? Oh, I'm pretty. I mean, I wouldn't say. I'm certainly not a completion or completist at this point, but I've, I've seen a fair amount of Carpenter movies. I've, um, like you said, I've, I've already seen the fog. Of course, the thing was, I saw that years and years ago and that just blew my shit right there. I was like, Oh God, this is, this is what movies should be. And, um, I, like I said, I had seen Starman when I was younger and you revisiting. It was as beautiful as it was heartbreaking and, uh, so good. So good. But, um, but yeah, I've even seen vampires um, after that though. I've, I'm pretty much. That was, um, wasn't the madness. Was that after? No, in the mouth mass before vampires, I think. Or was that before vampires? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say that vampires might be the last, or I should say the latest carpenter film that I've seen. And that was not long after it had come out. But and no, we were. In I'll have to revisit that. Say no, you and I were in college when Vampires bad. came out. I know that it was the like late nineties. I remember seeing yeah. that. I bought yeah. it on DVD for whatever reason. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You, know, you, you and I. You, know, you and I were in school together at the time. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I'd be like, "Hey, you want to watch Vampires?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'd have to revisit and, no, and, think, and forget that it's James Woodson. No, I think. Anyway. Well, I mean, whatever. But I think, I think, I think the film that um, I was heralding was. Uh, the big Lebowski at that point. I think that was shoving everybody, but not vampires, you know, <laughs> did you, yeah. did we see that? Or I think I saw that through someone else, uh, she, but it was our, around our, that our, same time. Our friend Shannon, she was a big fan of it and I ended up watching it and yeah. falling in love with it. And I was like, everybody should watch this. And my roommate times like, hey, have you seen swingers? I'm like, yeah. Have you seen the big Lebowski? And somehow that became a fight. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was anti swingers. The movie's okay, but it's not the big Lebowski. So I'll say yeah, that. Uh, no. So, so, okay. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, Carpenter's yeah, put out I'm like familiar enough yeah. with Carpenter though. That, yeah, uh, I mean, like that when I came to this, I yeah. was like, okay, it's, it's the same, but different. You know what I mean? Like yeah. at least I, I can, I can see the fingerprints, but it's still its own thing. It almost in a way, it feels like it's a culmination of what came before. In a lot of ways, right? Because you get, yes, like he he's always had like a, like a dry sense of humor, like running through his movies. Um, but this is this is more overt, and some some of like like watching this again, um, like like trying to go through like new eyes, right? The the dialogue in this is just. Oh, I just said the F word. Uh, it is whip smart. <laughs> it is whip smart. And it just goes, goes, goes. And it's just, oh. it's so fast. And there's stuff in there. You're like, this feels like it's paced like a modern movie, you know, like in a lot of ways. Well, yes, but I'll also say no to that. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll refer to you to a movie that I recommended you watch and you did um, double indemnity. You want to talk fast dialogue that moves you through the movie, man, that is boom, 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 boom. Oh boom, no, for boom. sure. You're right. You're right. I yeah, agree with yeah, that. Like yeah. Like kind of that noirish style where you'll drop exposition, but at the same time it's whip smart cracking lines that 
left, right, and center. You don't know what's going on. Like, um, we'll talk more on this later, I'm sure. But Kim Cattrall's character, she just comes in and is like, oh, you mean you're going to go to this place, this place, and this place? And that's the worst place that you're ever going to go? You're well, right. Yes. She, she doesn't feel that far afield of like, you, you mentioned like noir, but like the screwball comedies. like like, uh, like Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like kind of that, that, that same area. It's almost like... Um, so to your point, yes, it's like what comes before that, but it's also, and like with Carpenter with any other film that he does, he definitely wears the influence on his sleeve. Yeah. I like, like there's the bit too, whatever they're about to escape. Um, like the, the wing Kong, like trading company and Kurt Russell, like yes. Jack Burton's like, all right, I'm going to open the door here and then we're going to go out. And it's like, we're just going to go through the office. Yes. And he opens the door and he sees all, like, sees Al Leong and company he closes. He's like, I think we're trapped. <laughs> like it's amazing. Yeah. It's like, it is. It's one of those things where I'm like, yep, this isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that, yeah, and you yeah. don't see that anywhere. But to your point, a screwball comedy, and yet yeah. here it is, right yeah. in the middle. Because yeah, <laughs> then you get that beat time. for a second, and then like all hell breaks loose. It's like, yeah, I think we're yeah. screwed. You know, <laughs> like it's just, oh, okay, yeah. hi, <laughs> yeah. And then like, even in the trailer you listen to, where the like uh, was it uh, Margo was like, "Are you here to save us? Like, do you have a plan?" He's like, "Not yet," or whatever he yeah. says. It's <laughs> like, <whatever>. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. So were you expecting this to be as um, goofy as it is? No, I really wasn't. I, I kind of came into this very blind, which I'm really glad that. Oh, wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I mean, all I've seen is the, the poster art. I, I've heard the name Lopan and um, I think I, I told you about the band to the Ohio Columbia. What was it? Um, Columbus's own. Uh, band Lopan, who's a fantastic rock band, by the way, folks, check them out if you haven't. Um, but yeah, other than that, and knowing that, okay, Kurt Russell and Kim Cattrall is in the movie and it's John Carpenter, nothing, knew nothing. And it, it just, yeah, it, it blew me over in, in the best possible way. I mean, also but I'll get into my loves later on. Yeah, so. no, but considering it's like we go like, uh, you know, um, from like Halloween, to the fog, to the thing, you know, to Christine, to Starman, which there, there is a, a, a breath, uh, of different, uh, uh, you know, a spread of different things going on there, but it's like interesting that he shows like, yeah, I can turn a car into something scary. And there's, there's a lot of humor in Christine too. people. I think people forget like how much humor is in that movie. And then Starman is a romance that has a lot of humor too, right? Like there's, there, there are some legitimately funny laugh out loud moments in that. And it's like, you're almost like, Oh, you're just going to do a straight up fantasy comedy. It's like, he's already shown you, you can do it. And then like, just, and he was like, let's just get weird. And like, they're like, just watching this as a kid, I like, I, I enjoyed this movie, but I, I guess there was a th- part of me that didn't understand what they're going for. It's like, as a yeah, kid, like you just kind of absorb it. You don't think too much about it. It was fun. Yeah. And, what, what, yeah. what was your background? When did, when did you see this? Oh, I'm just uh, growing up at some point. Like, I don't remember the first time I've no, I've watched this multiple times. I know, I think. Uh, the reason uh, my wife told me that she liked this movie, cause I think we went to, um, I've mentioned previously that, the um, that we have a pretty good local cinema, 
um, like collective, mm-hmm. like the Cleveland, you know, um, like there's the different like four or five cinemas here that are all like run together. And I think they did a midnight showing of Big Trouble at one point. I oh, think we went to nice. one. Uh, I think she'd never seen that before. And that's a fun, that's a fun movie to see, you know, with a group of people. It's been a while because they used to do. Yeah. And I mean, we talk about coming out of COVID. Um, th- th- I think they're going to start doing their midnight shift thing at Cleveland Cinemas. Uh, oh, where they cool. do like once a month, um, they just announced their 12 hours of terror, um, which is going to be in October. It's going to be 12 hour like, horror films. Yeah. yeah. I think I saw one of you guys posted that. Yeah. Steve can't make it. And I, I, I want to go, but oh, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, bummer. do I really want to do this again? But yeah, like, no, like the Cleveland cinemas, like they do some really good curating of things. And I'm pretty sure, cause I've seen the thing multiple times because of them in the theater. I think we saw big trouble in the theater at one point. I can't recall, but you know, everything like, cause I can't recall when I, when I watched it with my wife and it has to be there, <laughs> you know, it's one of those <laughs> things, you know, cause yeah. like, you know, to be like, we're just going to go watch a movie. It's going to get weird. But no, it's a, it's a, it's like, that's a fun movie to see in the theater. It's a, one, something to celebrate. So I've seen this multiple times and it's been a bit though. And so <laughs> in terms of this year of Carpenter, it's like, you know, I've seen the thing like, you know, I, I know I've not seen it as many times as people that like other people that I know that celebrate that movie, but I've seen it plenty. Um, I've seen Christine more times than I can remember. Um, I love Christine and I've seen Starman somewhat recently and I need to get a better copy of it for my home video. Cause like I have like the, the formatted version on DVD where it's like, no, you're clipping the edges. I don't need that. Oh uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I rubble, like rubble, rubble. Yeah. 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 So I've, I, I have my, my loves and escape from New York. I've seen multiple times and like, and I've seen this multiple times. I just can't tell you how many, you know, like I, <laughs> you know, I, I just, you know, it's like, like, uh, like what's your favorite movies? Like, do you remember the first time you watched it? You know, it's kind of one of those things mm-hmm. where it's like, it's just a part of you. True. And I feel like this is one of those. And, but I am so thankful that this is like your first time watching it. Cause it's like, how many, like, it's like, you see those, those reaction videos of like people have never seen star Wars before. It's like, how did you live this long without seeing star Wars? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I made a note of that later. I'm like, I, and I, I, I put down cause I, I was actively thinking about this, like, okay, now what, what really made me, you know, just love this movie. And, and I wrote down, it's like, because a lot of my tastes have been trending toward just the weird in general, just bonkers things. I mean, the last time I was on here, you and I were talking about friggin' alligators, but <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. I mean, it was yeah. dumb as hell, but I still <laughs> it, it, it was it was laugh my nuts off it was dumb it. but kind of a smart movie in a lot of ways yeah, like exactly. it just, yeah, it still yeah. worked from yeah. a to b to c to yeah. z it, 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 it hit all the points and <laughs> and it worked it worked i mean the man who wrote the howling he knows how to write a movie <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh yeah for this i was like yeah i i've been I've been the stuff that I have been reading and which has been, you know, on and off lately uh, has been more weird stuff. I've been trying to dip my toe into more bizarro fiction. I don't know if you've ever heard or even gotten to that. Like, well, look it up folks. Bizarro fiction. It weird, but good shit. Are you talking like Joe Lansdale? Like that kind of stuff? Oh, I'm talking Joe Lansdale and, and beyond. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Lansdale's. What's his one story? Um, the drive-in. I've read his drive-in stories. Oh They're yeah, weird. the drive-in. <laughs> like that, that's the two I've read. Like he did like like two parts of that, and it's creepy and weird and upsetting. Oh, it that, is you know. bonkers, and yeah. I love the hell out of it. 
So yeah, yeah, Lansdale, he's he's there. He wrote one called, uh, I think it was called the Firehouse Dog, or it's about a about a guy answering an ad to be a dog, but it's at a fire at a firehouse. <laughs> Yeah, a, a volunteer fire department. It is weird as shit, but it is great. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could go back and like write a blurb for this movie and be like, it's weird as shit, but it's great. So like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but, but to the point that I was making, it's like, yeah, now that I've seen big trouble, if I had have seen that, like I've seen it now. When, when my mindset is kind of in this place already, I'm like, okay, I enjoyed the hell of it. Would I have thought the same if I saw it 15, 20 years ago? Would I have thought the same if I saw it even five years ago? I don't know, but I know for sure that I love the hell out of it now. That's okay. Well, that's good. Cause what also, I guess, so Fox was expecting like an Indiana Jones style adventure and mm-hmm. Carpenter was like, nah, like it no. turns out like somehow, <laughs> yeah. well, somehow this is going to be goofy and fun. It's going to be an adventure, but somehow Indiana Jones turns out to be like the grittier version of this, which makes zero sense. I mean, except for temple of doom that gets a little darker, but whatever, like that doesn't yeah. deserve as much hate as it gets. Cause the temple of doom is a fun movie, but there's that still like, you know, wrong place, wrong time. You're stumbling into something. Let's figure it out. And having Kurt Russell's kind of be the stand in like he's the anti Indiana Jones. I mean, he's heroic and wants to do the right thing, but, and I will also argue that they still give him beats here and there through the whole movie that actually shows that he is somewhat competent, but he's not the hero. Like, you know, it's like, and and I love that. And there was pushback where, like everyone's like, well, we need to focus on him. And when you hear the trailer, it's about Jack Burton. And at the beginning we have, um, you know, egg shin, like in a deposition, right. Talking about Jack Burton. That was, um, that was the one thing. Cause Carpenter had final cut that he yes. pushed. Uh, Cause I'm sure you heard about this yep. in the commentary. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> that Fox is <laughs> much, like much to Carpenter's dismay. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, they need like kind of bring the focus back on Jack Burton. And he was like, fine, I'll do this because even though he had final cut, he also understood that Fox also had the right to not release the movie. <laughs> so he's like, fine, yeah. <laughs> we'll do this brief bit where we'll have Dean Wormer, you know, from animal house, talk to egg Shen, um, yeah. you know, for a second. And it's still fun. Right. But it's well, like, yeah, it's still fun. And in a way too, it, 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 it works in the sense that you get egg Shen showing a, just a little bit of the, you know, quote unquote Chinese black magic. So, it almost gives the audience the oh okay so this is what we're stepping into huh well, and even the the part where he's like the uh, Dean Warmer's like exp- like there's the explosion of green fire it's like so it's one of those things where it's like yeah you're kind of telling us the movie but it's like oh shit there's gonna be green fire what's that mean <laughs> you know type of thing <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly so I'm okay with that but it's like I understand yeah. that like if the movie would have started with Kurt Russell just in a truck being I um I wrote my notes I was like he was a podcaster before podcasters where <laughs> like he's like he's well, like He's like the inoffensive Alex Jones, just just babbling into a microphone (laughs) and eating, constantly eating sandwiches the entire time talking. He's eating a hoagie the whole time. (laughs) But what's funny, too, is that everything he says is foreshadowing of what happens later. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's all on the reflexes. And when an eight foot tall monster is taking you by the back of the head or whatever, and then like, oh, anyone who has any man who has eyes can tell that there's something else going on in this world, blah, 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 blah. 
So yeah. each one of those gets paid off. I just, as the movie goes I just on. wish there had been a bit where someone's like, can you just shut up? We're like, we're all trying, we're all trying to be long haul truckers. Can you just be quiet for a second? <laughs> like I, I, but I love, I just, Kurt Russell leads into it so hard. I love it. I love, I just love like, he is so, he's so, he's Jack Burton is so self-assured, like for good and for bad. Yes. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> As someone once said, he's a legend in his own mind. Yes. <laughs> yes and I, and I, but I also love this. The whole story kicks off with him trying to collect like a debt. Cause you know, uh, um, oh, uh, what's his name? Dennis Dunn is Wang Chi. He was like, I could cut this bottle. <laughs> like, so it that didn't happen. And that's when we get one of those comments about like, it's all in the reflexes. And we see him, we see Kurt Russell grab that bottle. Like it's like, it's fast, right? It's a cool shot. It's a really yeah, exactly. cool shot. It's yeah. I mean, Chekhov's, Chekhov's catch. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if and, you will. Yeah. yeah. And, like it actually, it does pay off in a good way. Right. But it's like this whole thing yeah. where he's like, I got to go collect money. And he's like, what? But like, uh, <laughs> And Wang's like, I gotta go to the airport. He's like, all right, <laughs> like, sure. I'll take you there. Like, yeah. I just love how like this whole thing just, just spirals out. And I love how like we keep seeing Kurt Russell as like this main character, but it, like, I, but I love how Wang is actually the hero of the story. Every single turn. It's well, so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, uh, in an interview with Dennis Dunn, he says, yeah, throughout the whole movie, Carpenter kept coming up to me and kept saying, okay, you're the hero. Remember, that. <laughs> you're the hero. Because <laughs> well, there's even that bit later, whenever like shit's falling apart, and we get that brief like Benny Hill moment where it's him versus uh, one of the three storms, and like you keep seeing him running around oh, yeah. through like like the doorway. <laughs> Doing all these crazy ass. <laughs> I think it's him versus Thunder, right? <laughs> it just everything keeps throwing around. It's like it's a very much yeah, it's very much like. Um, I don't know. It's like a sitcom level of ridiculousness. We keep seeing him fighting and flipping around, but only like in perspective, like, like from, (laughs) it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Um, yeah, but I love that. I love, um, I, I love, uh, Kurt Russell. Just like this whole thing is like, I'm here to get my truck back. It's like, yeah, but also Kim Cattrall. He's like, I don't know about that. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> and then he's hitting on her. She's like, "You smell like beer." <laughs> like, I love yes, all that yeah. as well. I'm standing downwind of you. It's Miller time. Yeah, oh. I, I, like they give her agency, which is not. Um, so the, the the things in this, the people would people at the time were accusing this of being stereotypical, which. Um, Carpenter would go on to say like all of the people of Asian descent that it's in this movie after reading the scripts, he were doing all of them defended me, which I think is fair. Like, I think he, oh, yeah. th- there's no, I don't think there's any punching down. I don't think there's any like mocking stereotypes in any of this. Um, no, I even wrote my notes later that I, I think what it does is it completely flips the stereotypes on its head. Whereas all the Caucasian characters are the ones that are just kind of bumbling around. Yes. Whereas all the Asian characters are like, no, no, here, here's what, here's the shit that's going on. You, you guys got to yeah. pay attention to us. Well, Cause even like we're there's, not, we're not, there's multiple times where Jack's like, what's going on? And Wang's like, you don't understand cause you're not around. And then also I should, I should say that the, the chapter of this book is uh, chapter 11. Um, the, the one I've been reading from is called you're not brought upon this world to get it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Fantastic line from Lopan. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're just here. Just calm down. You don't, you're not here to understand. You're just here to be. 
So I like that. I like the taking the piss out of the hero, considering mm-hmm. that like Kurt Russell of Snake Plissken is the hero. He's the anti-hero at Escape from New York, and he's our he's our anchor point in the thing. Like we expect him to be heroic, and he wants to be. But yes, like the whole like what was it the whole bit where um like the the whole wheelchair bit too was funny, but oh. then yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then even um, like later on, when he drinks the the whatever the 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 hallucinogen, where he's like, "I feel invincible," and within seconds he's on the ground, knocked out. Like that's <laughs> that's a lot of fun. He gets all excited and shoots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He shoots the concrete above, and he just knocks himself out. And then even when he's fighting the one guard uh, with all the armor, and he puts the 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 knife in his boot and and stabs the guy and kills him. And then the, the guy's too heavy and falls on him. He's like, I can't, I can't move. <laughs> and that, that's something that, <laughs> that's something that he and Carpenter came up with kind of on the fly. Good. Cause it's really Cause funny. They were, yeah. It's they were really talking funny. about how, like how all the, um, well, all the, the martial arts choreography and whatever is just, you know, it's, it's amazing and it's crazy and whatever. They looked at each other and, and Kurt Russell said, he's like, man, Jack Burton wouldn't be able to fight in this. He wouldn't know what to do. Caressel <laughs> said, we'll tell you. And Carpenter's like, yeah, what are we going to do? And Caressel says, well, why don't we kind of take him out of the scene for a little bit? And then maybe he shoots and he gets knocked unconscious. And Carpenter says, all right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then even like the bit where he's doing, uh, that's really funny. And then there's even that bit earlier, whenever he um, loses his knife for a second and goes to find it and comes <laughs> jumping out and he's like, comes out and, and after it's everyone's ass in the meantime, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's, but, but I will say along the way, like Burton proves himself because he pulls Wang out of the front of like the charging vehicle. Uh, he yes. actually does yes. have his knife to free them from the one room. Like you get these little bits and pieces of him actually like being significant. And I'm not saying good on the white guy to be proving his worth, but it's like, no, like you can still see that Jack is heroic. It's just that he's not, he's not, he's not the figure that he thinks he is. And he's not the figure that the audience thinks he is either. And that, no. that, that, that I, I appreciate that even later on with the low pan bit with the knife, like he does get like the final say, and it's a good payoff, but it's like, um, like Wang does so much more, you know, like the long yeah, way. And, and anyone could have almost done that because by that point, not to really skip ahead and yeah. spoilers, yeah. Yeah. but, uh, you know, low pen is mortal by that point. So, yeah, it's just, but it's, it's a good payoff because of when he's like, it's all in the reflexes or whatever. You're like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, you've, you've said that and you've proven it. So, okay, cool. And then you've also proven it like, cause you failed the first time, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like we're like, we expect, like, I don't know. It's like, it all, it all ties together real tightly in this movie. We, I think we talked about this, like it's an hour and 40 minutes. There is no ounce of fat on this movie. It just no, goes. It, not a bit, not a single bit. Because yeah, it's no, because it, it it gets you into the trouble right from the get go. They go to the airport. The girl gets the the other girl gets nabbed. The one with the other, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the other one with um the green eyes. The other one with the yeah. green eyes who turns out to be Wang's fiance. And yeah, so Mal then Yen, they have to go after uh, her. And Susie yeah. Pie is Mal Yen. Yeah, 
who, yes. you know, yes. she was just kind of there, whatever. I mean, we get it. It's, it's the green eyes are the MacGuffin of this, right. Of like the, the way forward and the burning blade and all that shit that goes on. Well, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's kind of like the mistaken identity North by Northwest type of thing, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I just love how like Kurt Russell's like, Oh, what are you guys doing? And then Gracie's like, don't mess with them. Like they're the, was it the death Kings or whatever they're called? <laughs> yeah. It was the first instance yeah. of her yeah. dropping complete exposition in the scene, like, oh, but okay. it worked. Yeah. And, like, and, and even then, like he still failed hard <laughs> to do anything. Like I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. In any, in any other action movie, he would have kicked ass and taken names, but instead he just kind of backs away. Like, well, hold on dude. And then someone trips him. Yeah. <laughs> so like they keep, they keep purposely like, like, you know, diminishing, like Burton, but it's just, but Kurt Russell has so much swagger. Like even the bit when he goes into, um, like, uh, the massage parlor uh, with his whole, like, you know, like it's, it's like, it's, it's so much fun because it's like, it's so stupid and great at the same time. He's like, Oh, these photos are in black and white. Do you have any girls with the green eyes? It's like, yeah, you've just shown that you're about to get uh, just like beat up or whatever was going yeah. on. Like, yeah, I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's just fun to see him. Like, it's almost kind of like a Harrison Ford and Blade Runner where he shows up the one point in the, like the, the strippers dressing room, right. Trying to be like all fancy talking to the snake lady who is a replicant. It's like, it's almost that like, yeah. like, um, <laughs> like I could have easily seen Harrison Ford hamming it up in this role. I think he could have done good in this too, but Kurt Russell has so much swagger, like, like they, they yes. approached um, Clint Eastwood for this. Imagine how, how bad that would have been. I don't yeah, think yeah. that would have been too. Like Clint has a lane and he's great when he's in it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see him as comedic. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no. no, he's been like, I don't understand all this. Why am I not shooting people right now? It's like, just calm down. Yeah. You know, anyway, like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, what's what's with the other guy like doing all the martial arts? Like, can we just get him, get rid of him, and I can just shoot everybody? And and Kurt Russell's one-liners. To, to your point about him going into the, uh, or no, this was after the. Um, one of my favorite lines is after him going into the, uh, or whatever they come out of uh, the White Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're Gracie Law's office and, and yet another bit of fast dialogue and quick exposition dump where they're going to go into the, um, uh, what, what's Lopan's lair? Uh, uh it, well, it's the wing Kong, like, like um, Oh yeah. yeah. The trading company, right? Yeah. yeah the Wing Kong trading company. Grace says, she's like, yeah, I'd go with you. But then Jack says, well, I know there's something wrong with your face. <laughs> 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 and, then, and then he follows up with, if we're not back by morning and winks at her, yeah. <laughs> call the president. But, but the whole bit too, where he's wearing that silk robe and talking to his insurance company too. Like there's yeah. a whole bit where his truck's gone. It's like, that's funny as well. But I yes. love, I love how he's lost for the majority of the movie. And he's keep like, cause even the bit, like whatever later on when egg Shin and company are going into like, like underneath Chinatown and it becomes like, you know, um, I don't know, um, the never ending story or whatever underneath, oh, you know, like, yeah. like all the, the underground tunnels and all the mist. And there's the bit where the big, like locust monster shows up and he's like, what was that? <laughs> he's just yelling about everything. Yeah. Eggshed makes it go. It's going to come back or whatever. <laughs> what won't come back. Yeah. I just love how he's always like, he's a tourist the entire time. He's like, I don't know what's going on. 
Like I yeah. love, like there's only but, a handful of people that can make that work, you know? And I love yes. that he's like, he's like, I'm here to say, I'm, I'm here to help, but I have no idea what's going on, which exactly. he, he's the surrogate for the viewer where you're like, yeah, I love yes. that. I was going to say to yeah. the point that you made earlier about him being that in the thing, <laughs> whatever else. Yeah, he is the audience in this where like, this is a whole new world, man. What's going on? <laughs> Will someone please tell me? We're, we're, we're going. Okay, we're going. All right. Yeah, All but, right, it's I'm like, going with but, you. but it's like, we don't get, we get some, but not a lot, which I think yes. is great where it's like, because we get Wang kind of explaining like the mythology of what's going on in Egg Shin explains as well. But there's all this other, like, like he's like, oh, he's like, it looks like oil under here. He's like, what's well, the black blood of the earth? He's like, oil. He's like, nope, it's the black blood of the earth. It's like, all right, I guess we're dealing with this now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, it takes, like, <laughs> like yeah, it takes, it, it, it's a, it's a, um, it's a hard line to walk, right? Yes. Meaning, I don't mind being left in the dark watching a movie. I don't mind being like, okay, what's going on? as long as there's confidence and we, we follow through on the story being told, I'm, I, I'm, I'm down for that. Exactly. Yeah. If I can get just a, enough information where I can fill in the blanks for myself yeah. or what blanks can't get filled in or won't get filled in, but the, the through line still makes enough sense. All right. I'm on board. Yeah. Like I would, well. I would throw yeah. out something like, um, I'm with you. like Hellraiser where it's like, well, there's a lot here I don't get, but you're getting me through. Right. Yes. And even mm-hmm. we talked about, um, what was it? Um, uh, near dark, uh, like a year and a half oh. ago, two years ago. Um, like the, you know, our, our sexy, uh, uh, you know, um, what would we call it? Um, you know, the vampire boy summer. What was it? Um, Oh, pale boy, pale, summer. Pale, pale boy mm-hmm. summer. Like that was one where it's like, there's a lot more on the edges of this, but you yes. gave me, you gave me a through line and something mm-hmm. that like kind of at least latch onto I'm in. And this yeah, film, exactly. yeah, in an excellent movie, by the way. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I, I ended up buying a Blu-ray of near dark after our talk about it. So I need to get oh, back nice. to it. Yeah. It, like I bought it at wasteland. Congratulations. Like, there you go. Full circle. But it's like, well, it's one, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, you've given me a world. And as Jack Burton is being an outsider, like, and it's like, you don't, it's like, it's almost like Neil Gaiman ish where it's like, you're walking an entire like uh mythology and gods and legends that you don't know. Right. And it's almost like, yeah. Yeah. It, well, that, and that, that's to a point that I, um, I wrote in my notes later that is, is one of the main reasons I really liked it. Cause I'm, and I'll, I'll kind of start off by saying, and, and uh, one of the things that uh, WD Richter said when he was rewriting this script, he had a stack of books next to him, that he had bought of pretty much any Asian mythology that he had. And he would get up and before he would start writing, he would grab one of the books and read it for about an hour. He's like, just to you know, see if I could grab something that I could put into the script and help me out and whatever. And, and I, I think it really does work that it has its own mythology and that it sticks to it, but it also harkens back to a past that's real. The, the, um, the uh, Chinese emperor, I can't remember his name, was an actual Chinese emperor at the time who gave or put the curse on Lopan's head. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, they 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 still keep it a little grounded, but also will go into various mythologies and 
you know, the Richter does that and it, it really, they, they hold to it the whole time. Well, even what was it? What was it? Egg shouldn't even mention. He was like, you got all these conflicting uh, ideologies and we take what works from us. Cause he's talking. It, to, exactly. Yeah. We have Uncle this, Chew we have that, we have this, we take yeah. what works, we leave the rest. Yeah. So not different from your, um, uh, salad bars or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The, the buffet or whatever he said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, that's a good hand wave of like, yeah, we are going to pick and choose what works for us. And, but this is the reality we're dealing with. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it, it's almost kind of like that monster squad thing where it's like, monsters are real. It's like, okay, great. We're going to deal with this. Right. So yeah, it's just, um, yeah. like it just, it is, um, when I, I mean, I mentioned Hellraiser, it feels very, um, um, Clyde Barker adjacent where there's always that like other, like you coming into yes. something that you don't understand, but there are rules here and you, you need to kind of at least get like the, the edges of it. And I think Jack Burton at least understands the edges of it. And even the bit, like whenever they get to the end where we get into the neon skull palace, which I love, I love that the whole area is like, we're going to make this big skull with an escalator in the middle of it. And also it's going to be lined in neon because like it makes no sense, but I love it. And it's yeah. like, he wants to go after a low pan and Nation's like, no, 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 no. He has to finish the ritual. And it's like, there's this whole thing where Burton is like, yeah, let's just shoot him. And Nation's like, that's not going to work yet. Like we got to have a minute, you know, like I, yeah. Yeah. Cause even Wang tries to go after him too. Yeah. It's just, I just, there's so much yeah. there where it's like, okay, okay. You got to let the bad guy win before he can lose, which isn't, that's not always the case with these movies. No, it's, it's not, it's almost kind of counterproductive to what a lot of the movies were pushing out. Then it's like, yeah. Oh no, the bad guy can't win even an inch yeah. before you get him. And, and yeah. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that helps with the whole thing too, is um, kind of what we were talking about before when Wang was, um, was telling, at least giving Jack like the, um, the really broad brush strokes of what happened with Lopan, you at least have that one character in this case, the quote, the quote unquote sidekick, who's actually the main character who believes in it yet on one hand. And then on the other is like, yeah, man, I don't want to believe in it, but here's where we are. Yeah. He's like, we grew up with these myths, like these myths and legends, but this is the reality of it. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I, <laughs> And then you got this guy with this like this goddamn truck running over Lopan, and he's like, "Why did I run over this guy?" <laughs> I love, I just, oh, that sequence is so great. And then the street fight, I love that the street fight originally is like, um, like between the two rebel like gangs is like they're all staring each other down, and it goes with like a bunch of guns for like thirty seconds, well, yeah. and then they bring out these weapons. <laughs> exactly, it makes no sense. I love it. No, it starts out with guns and then it stops and everyone just kind of stares at each other. And then Wang's like, oh yeah, this is a Chinese standoff. And Jack's like, what? What, yeah. what the hell's going on? Yeah, like the Chang Sing and the Wing Kong, they're like, boom, 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 guns. It's like, yeah, but now weapons, like other weapons. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, now martial arts. Yeah, but it's like the, like the, what was it? The, the rods they use to carry the coffin become weapons. Mm-hmm. Like that was crazy. Yes. I, yeah, that was so much fun. That was a fun sequence. And I, I want to mention here, um, real quick, that um, so um, in terms of like, I had I had a note here that in terms of the action choreography, which I think holds up pretty well, all things considered, we get some. I of have the, to say, yeah, go well, ahead, please. No, can, please. Can I pause real quick to interrupt you? It's, it's yes, please. <laughs> yeah, there's there's this is remind watching the movie. I was reminded of. Um, I had watched a Bruce Lee documentary years and years ago, and I, I can't remember what film it was, but it was the one where um, 
he was going through the layers of whatever building he was going to to save whomever. And I, there was a scene where he was fighting a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in the it, film. Oh, it's What's not that? Enter the Dragon. I know it's it's one of those. Yeah, yeah, um, it was one of those films. But I remember they kept going through the the there were the choreography, but the director had to keep cutting and saying, "Look, we need you to go slower because." We can't see what you're doing. Uh, Game of and Death. They, that was he his had to last, cut so many times. Yeah, his, his, his last full movie, Game of Death, they did. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. Okay, thank you. And um, whenever I saw them, the choreography of the fight scenes in Big Trouble in China, I thought, holy shit, they couldn't have said that at all because it is all like bang, 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 much like the dialogue. It's like the fighting sequences are just fast, 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 and. I guess, I don't know if you'd say quote unquote real time or not, but yeah, it's, it's well, even when we get to the end where we get Wang and uh, one of the three storms, I forget which one where they're jumping oh, in the um, air, rain, uh, rain, rain, right. Yes. And they're jumping in the air and going at each other. Like that's so like, there is that like, uh, absurdism. Like what do you, what do you like that? Um, did you, did you see Shang-Chi? Did you watch Shang-Chi? Uh, the, yes, uh, Mar- yes, I did. The beginning of that, where you had um, the 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 man and the woman, I forget their names now. Like the the father, the father and mother of Shang Chi, with the way yes. that they had that kind of like um, uh, House of Flying Daggers type of fight sequence. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The, this is what they're going for, right? It's kind of like that, like absurd, over the top, like we're going to jump and like clash swords type of thing. But there's yes. there's a fluidity to that and an understanding of what's going on. And so credit to Carpenter. This is, I'm going to take this quote from the book. His classical craftsmanship results in action sequences, which are exciting, dynamic, but above all else, clear and concise. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think the action sequences here work really well because you understand the, the geography of the fight sequences. And it's, it's not, it is chaos, but it's a control chaos and it all, it all makes sense. Yeah. You anchor yourselves to the people going on. Like we had, we, we saw Al Leong with him being like the guy with the, the axes, the, like the hatchets, right? And you eventually see him getting dispatched. We saw the guy with the bandoleros and the guns. We see him get dispatched. Like we follow through, right? Like, and yeah, it all, it all, it all works. Right. And it's like, yes. that, what I'm saying is like, um, is it, is it, um, the most dynamic fight sequences? Sure. Maybe for what it is, it is, but like, this is not, you can't compare this film to the raid. You can't, you can't compare this film to the night comes for us. You can't do that because that, that that's like 20, 25 years past. And we have gotten, you can't compare this to John wick. You know what I mean? Like you can't do yeah. that because that's not fair, but on its own, it still holds up really, really well. Yeah, it does. And it, 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 it almost feels more realistic than some of the things later on where you, you see it and you're like, okay, that's, that's, that's fair. Not that this isn't, you know, it, its own reality of a, of its own, but even still though, you're like, okay, I could see this happening more than to your point, the movies that we, you, that you just listed. Yeah, which I know I don't think you've seen The Night Comes for Us, but you should watch that. My God, that is yeah, that's like two hours plus of just like amazing choreography and brutality. <laughs> like it's so cool. Um, yeah, but uh, but it's like and like John Wick, where it's like it's like it's almost like um, you you I'll equate this to um, speedrunners of video games, where it's like they've gotten it down to an art, where it's like like they know exactly where they need to hit and where to go. That's not true of actual fights. Like mm-hmm. you have to adjust and, and you know, like how many fights have I been in? I don't know. 
none. Um, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but it's like, you can't be like, I know exactly what's going to happen next. Good for you. That's probably not going to happen. You know, like, uh, but it's like, you look at John wick where this guy, he's like point to point to point to point to point to point this. It's like, it's a little bit more of rough and tumble. I get that. But it's like, when you have the whole jumping and clashing of swords, that's over the top and purposeful homage, right. To this kind of, Oh yes. Like, I don't want to yeah. use the term magic realism. Cause I don't think that's correct. Um, in the way that I'm saying it, but uh, it, it's a, know, it, it's a heightened it's reality. Not, yeah. 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 Um, even if you say magic realism, I don't think you're not, you're not totally wrong. Yeah. Either, but it's so. at the same time, it's like, we already have like this guy that's been around for 2000 plus years. That's trying to like be in court, you know, be real flesh or whatever. And we also have, um, the six demon bag, you know, <laughs> we, uh, yeah. uh, fire, wind, <laughs> all those things, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like, like we yeah, have, pretty much. We, and, yeah. and Hey, I will, I will throw out there too, that, um, uh, when we get to the, um, well, not to the end, but anyway, get to the marriage scene of, uh, Lopan and then egg Shen comes out. Yeah. I, you kind of get an idea. Like maybe egg Shen's been around a little longer than he looks. You know oh yeah. I mean? No, he was talking about, he's like, I need to defeat Lopan. So he might've been around as long as Lopan. Like, yeah. Cause Lopan's like, Oh, you could never beat me. And you're like, Oh, oh never. What do you mean? Never. He, he's not just 50, 60 years old. What are you telling yeah. me? Yeah. So, I mean, we don't know. Like he, yeah. he might be a Highlander. We don't know. Like, but we don't know, that, yeah. but that's fine. Like at least like the whole thing too, whatever they end up with, like, it looks like a fire department, like a firehouse earlier, like with the, like the, 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 the fireman's pole. And like, yeah. uh, like, uh, Jack's like, this place is like a dump. And like, uh, Wang's like, you know, Eng Shin owns all this shit. He's very profitable. It's like, that sounds like a long, long-term play. Like you're going to invest yeah. in, you know, like if you're going to be around forever, you're going to buy property, right? Like, you know, yeah, yeah. fair enough, you know, like, so yeah. What was that? Lex Luthor th- said, uh, yeah. Like, uh, what was it? Uh, nobody's making land anymore or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. So it's like, like he's, he's, he's the, um, like if you took like the yin and the yang, he's the white to the black of Lopan, Right. So like, that's, yeah. and like, okay, that's like, the, cause they talk about, they even mentioned like the two, what was it? Um, what was the two, the two forces was fury and something else. I forget. I forget the name of it, but like, uncle and the uncle were talking about yeah, that. Yeah. About the two balances. And I think that's where we're at with yeah. that. Right. So, uh, yeah, it just, there was so much here where it's like, I love that we got enough, but not enough. Cause like Jack Burton, the entire time was like this clueless idiot. And I love, I just, I love that yes. he's so self-assured, but also like not, you know, I just, I just, my God, like, like he's probably like of, of the, um, the three Kurt Russell characters that we get from Carpenter. Like I, I love them all for different reasons. Like not, I've not seen Elvis. I saw I can't speak to that yet. I will get to it. Um, yeah. I mean, he's Elvis, <laughs> you know, yeah, Elvis. I've, I've seen Bubba Hotep. I know what happens. All right. So, um, uh, <laughs> that's Lansdale. There's yeah. Right. Lansdale. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta fight that. Uh, was it the shit demon or whatever? That shit mummy that's going on there. Yeah. That's just, Wait a minute. That was uh, Bruce Campbell, wasn't it? Yes. And Ozzie Davis as uh, JFK. As JFK. <laughs> <laughs> There was the mummy uh, stealing people's souls through their assholes or whatever, if I remember right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so I know what happens uh, to Elvis, yeah. which wouldn't it have been amazing if the Boz Lerman film ended with that? I don't know. I know that's not, I know it just came out. <laughs> but what would have been amazing at the end was like him at the, the retirement home. Like, yeah, and now Bruce Campbell takes over. 
Like, <laughs> anyway, that's I probably probably didn't happen. I wish it did. Uh, but yeah, that you know of. Uh, it was Lansdale, and then um, the director of um, what was it? Um, Phantasm. It was um, oh, yeah, Don Coscarelli. Yeah, there we yeah. go. I've never seen Phantasm. I need I need to fix that. I know I've not seen any of that. That was that was kind of uh, actually similar to. Um, couple of the movies i mentioned before i saw it years and years ago i i need to revisit it really need to i've been just kind of waiting because steve has seen them all and i'm kind of waiting for a moment to like get into it because it's one of the series i've just never watched so I, yeah. i'm not i'm not against it i just haven't gotten to it but yeah um yeah. so <laughs> no but um i jack burton is such a fun character right and he yes. means well yeah. I, I, and it's like, this, like there's the whole bit too, when Gracie, like when they get into like the, um, when they jump into the water, when they're escaping and it's almost like a Goonies moment. Of, and like, there's a whole thing where she's like, we're so-and-so. And then like, she's asking about people as they keep popping up. Oh, yes, they keep popping up. <laughs> it's, it's a fun <laughs> sequence. Where's Margo? Oh, yeah. Is. Yeah. It's like, and eventually he shows up and they kiss. Yeah. It's like, it's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, there there, there's another- so much here. It's just, yeah, I love that whole sequence. He's like, stop rubbing up against me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard to pay attention when I'm <laughs> Yes. Yeah. In the middle of like, you just saw some sh- stuff that you cannot process. You're a long haul trucker. I'm pretty sure you've not seen this shit. Well, all right, yeah. here we go. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I just, I, 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 I don't like, um, I've, I've really liked this movie from the first time I watched it. However, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, like, um, it's, it's, is it, is it weird to like fall in love with something like after you've seen it multiple times and they kind of understand the place and time, like when you approach it, like this is one of those ones that I think with like fresh eyes, it's been a while, my God, like I really, really appreciate this movie a lot more than I have previously. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of akin to watching um, watching Looney Tunes cartoons or like those, uh, MGM Tex Avery cartoons where you watch it when you're a kid, you're laughing. Oh, okay. Bugs Bunny gets hit on the head, whatever. Then you're watching it as an adult and you're like, Hey, wait a minute. What did he say there? <laughs> Whoa, yes. that line's really risque. They let that go with kids. All right. <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing. So it, it might be. Kind of how it works out with this, with with surface level stuff. When you first see it, you're like, "Oh, okay, that's great, that's cool. Oh, there's a monster. Holy shit, wonderful!" But then when you come back to it, you're like, "Hey, that that Jack Burton, he is totally inept." <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the whole thing is like growing up. I was like, I just you know, I just took it at face value for what it was, and I had fun yeah. with it. But then like getting like later on, where you're like, "Oh God, this is taking the piss out of so much," right? Like exactly. This is the exactly. anti Indiana Jones. Like it's, it's yeah. what, you know, it's like, it's almost like, um, um, have you seen Tucker and Dale versus evil? Have you seen that film? Oh no, that is on my, that's on my, I must see list that I have not it, seen. Alan Tudyk's <laughs> character is so well-meaning, but he comes across as a monster the entire time. It's almost like that where it's like, and him and Tyler of the bean, like they're buddies. And it's like, they like the whole thing is like they found their summer cabin. And, but like, there's a bunch of like college teenagers or college age kids nearby that keep seeing the way that they perceive them. They look like these, like, you know, monsters in the woods <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> and that's not ruining the movie because that starts from the jump. You see both perspectives. Um, yeah. it's almost that thing where it's like, like they're legitimately nice guys, but like every time something happens, like, they're perceived as the worst. 
<laughs> yeah. So nice. I'm not going to say anything else. You should check out Tucker and Dale versus evil. It's almost this. It, it takes the, um, the stereotype and subverts it. Right. And it's like, there's That'd a lot cool. of that. And like in, in Indiana Jones to a degree also has Indy being like the hero, but also like, he, he, it's like, he gets his comeuppance, you know, like, like, yeah. well, even, even like, well, not even so much him, but even like in the last crusade, when they're in the, the plane with the gunner, like the gunner position and Sean Connery like blows off like the tail. And he, he's like, he's like, they got us, son. They <laughs> sorry, son, they got us. <laughs> like, it's the like whole kind of thing of like, you don't want to admit that you screwed up. Like that kind of thing. Yes. It's like, so I kind of feel like that. Um, like, I don't, I can't think of it like, I mean, I mentioned Tucker and Dale because it subverts expectations. I can't think of a movie in recent memory that kind of does this where it just kind of like, I mean, you get your fourth wall breaks, right? You get like, you know, your self-aware stuff. Like, like yeah. the Deadpool movies are a lot of fun. I love both of them. Um, yes. Um, yes. I just watched uh, today the first episode of She-Hulk, which is great, by the way. Oh, uh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah. you should check. It's, a, it's, it's really funny. It's a lot okay, of fun. Okay, cool. Uh, and she, like you saw the trailer, she does a football oh, yeah, break. Like yeah. it, she's very self-aware. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah. in terms of like, we're going to take all this, this whole thing and just shake it up and just like, we're going to give you something weird. I, I, um, so I will say that I was looking at the trivia. Uh, Taika Waititi said that one of his inspirations for Thor Ragnarok was this. And I can kind of see oh. that. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. kind of see that where it's like we're just gonna get weird and we're gonna have fun and we're 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 gonna still have an emotional through line because Thor is an idiot. Like he is the butt of the joke for most of that movie, right? Yes, and, exactly. And yeah. he thinks he's the hero, but kind of not. Yeah, he's kind yeah. of Jack Burton. He was like, "I got this. You don't got it." Yeah, he doesn't. Have it, no. <laughs> yeah, because Valkyrie knows what's going on. Uh, Hulk kind of like you know he knows his place. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> there's even the bit like where they're like going through the marketplace. He's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna disguise myself." And he just puts like like the the the, the, the thing. <laughs> Like, like, like it's it, like, I can almost see this as being like, it's the Ragnarok is not a spiritual sequel, but you can, you can see what they're going for. Right. Like, yes. and like Jeff yeah. Goldblum as the master, um, he's not that far away from Lopan where he's like, I have my world, I'm controlling it and you're messing it up, you know, type yeah. of thing. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, I could see that if this is one of the inspirations and this is the, th if Ragnarok is the, is the like, uh, tangential spiritual sequel to big trouble in little China, I'm good with that. Wrong place, wrong time. You don't understand what's going on. You want to do good. You're being put into a conflict that isn't yours. Yeah. This film is yeah. a lot of goddamn fun. Like it's a lot yes. of fun. Yeah. And, and, and to another point that you made when you're, I mean, just, just for the whole, you know, subverting the, um, uh, the, the, the stereotype or whatever, or not the stereotype, but subverting the hero expectation or whatever. There was probably one of my favorite scenes is whenever they're, whenever, um, Jack Wang and um, Eddie are trying to escape, or at least trying to get to where the um, where uh, uh, Gracie and Margot are being held. They uh, come across the first, you know, bout of bad guys, and they have to shoot them. And <laughs> Jack Bird, of course, first they're like <laughs> Jack and Eddie realize their safety's on, <laughs> yeah. but then when they shoot the guys. 
Jack Burton kind of stares at the guy after he shoots him. And Eddie says, what's the matter? You haven't, you never plugged someone before. And there's a pause. It's a second, but it may as well have lasted a year. And then, and then Kurt Russell says, yeah, yeah, I've done it before. Blah, 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 blah. But that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, about He's it. never shot a man with an Uzi. You know? like, no, yeah. He's never yeah. shot a man period. And he's yeah. just like, Oh shit. You see that all going through his face and he's like, well, yeah, of course I have going back to going back to character. And yeah, but that totally flips the, you know, any other action movie, the hero shoots someone like, yeah, okay, let's go. But not Jack Burton. Even yeah. For but, that second. So that, but like, okay. So then I also you, like, yeah, that, that's, that, that's completely fair. So when he kills little pan and he's like, it's all in the reflexes, it's like, he is like shocked that he did it as much as anybody else. Right. <laughs> yes. um, when he threw the knife the first time and it just banged against whatever the hell. <laughs> I also like, oh, there was the shit. bit where him and Gracie, uh, you know, they, like him and Kim control, like they kissed and then he runs out of the elevator with like lipstick all over his like oh, lips and teeth. <laughs> It's so funny because it's like, that's what would happen. And he's just yes. being super serious, but he, but he has like lipstick all over him and eventually she cleans it off. But it's like, that's a good beat. That's a really good beat. It's funny. That, like, yeah. Yeah. That, that's another Kurt Russell, John Carpenter <laughs> thing right there. Cause they took the first take of them kissing and then it's like, okay, cut. And then Kurt Russell starts wiping his mouth off and then he stops and he says, Hey, I, I don't think he'd stop to wipe his mouth off. <laughs> Jack Bird, he'd just be so oblivious. He'd walk in there. Without yes. Which is amazing. It it's amazing. I, I just, I yeah, just Carpenter says, all right, let's go with it. There, there's so much here that it's like, it's like, there's so much when I use the term modern humor where it's like, you know, things just, just exist and they pay off. There's yeah. a lot here that it's like, yeah, that's what would happen. It's really funny. Like I appreciate yes, yeah, that. It, it really does. It's like, but one thing that Stephen King says, he's like, yeah, yeah, I lie for a living, but I try to tell the truth whenever I write a story. This movie does that in spades. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so much fun. And especially even yeah. like when, whenever, uh, Russell like drinks, like the, the, the drink and he's like, I feel invincible. And then before the elevator stops, he's like, is anybody else feeling hot right now? Yes. Like, <laughs> it's a little hot here. Yeah. <laughs> I just love how he's he's super jacked and like excited, and then he's like, huh? oh. <laughs> "If you look at Eggshed's character, he just kind of looks up and he's like, who is this effing guy?'" Yeah, <laughs> I just, that whole sequence is amazing. I just, yeah. Which I mean, if you even go back to like Spider-Man Two, the original one, wherever you got Spider-Man in the elevator, and he's like talking to the guy, he's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "There's the second." He's like, "Yeah," the suit. It just it really snugs up in the crotch. Like, like it just feels like yes. you got to have that awkward elevator moment. Like it works out really well. It was a lot of fun. Like it was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, it sounds like you um, really had a good time with this, which I mean, I'm understating it. Cause I, I, I get that you did, but oh, yeah. um, like in terms of like, you know, in this day and age of like watching a film relatively blind, like, like where were your expectations at and where'd you come out at? Yeah, my um, I don't. I guess my expectations were at it is maybe not. At, I can't say that they weren't at any level because I mean, I knew it was John Carpenter. I, I of course had seen obviously other movies, the, the ones leading up to this, and um, but I also know that um, 
and and even Dean Cundy said this <laughs> during his own interview, and he's 100% right. It's like Carpenter tends to make a different film each time. And, and, and so not, not that I was really expecting anything, but I wasn't, I don't know. I, I guess I had no expectations just because I, I don't know, obviously didn't know what to expect. So when I came into it and, and watched it as it was, I, I I didn't expect it to be as leaning into the comedy as it did. And when it did, it was a joy. I, well, I think that's it, fair. I think that's a, yeah. A, a, yeah. Yeah. Just to know that. It, yeah. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Yeah. And in the notes I, I wrote, you know, all my thoughts in the movie, you know, how do I think about this film, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I, I really dug how refreshing it, it was to watch. I mean, even though, yeah, I liked how refreshing it is, even though it was from 1986. But if you had sat there and told me what the movie was about beat for beat, I still would have loved the hell out of it because it, it's such a visual feast. Oh yeah. No, like the set yeah, decoration, it, the, the lighting, the cinematography, we talk about Dean Cundy. It's just yeah. like, uh, just the, 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 um, practical effects, which I know that was done on like a shoestring of what, what we understand the bit yeah. with like with Lopan, like becoming like this, like, like the light emitting from him is crazy. Good. Like, just, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on one hand, you're like, okay, that's some sort of figurine, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But e- even still, it's like, but that's still really friggin' cool. It, that, how it worked out, amazing. Yeah, the three storms. Uh, yes. like even <laughs> with thunder exploding cause he was angry or upset about them, whatever, <laughs> but like, um, upset about a bastard dying. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Wind that was it wind that had like the spinning knife hands or the spinning fork hands or whatever was going on. Like the spinning forks was it? I can't remember which of the storms, but like, was it? I, I think it might've been thunder. I don't know. Been, but anyway, well, well, yeah, they, they were them, still cool yeah. as hell too. So cool. And like the large hats and everything. It's like just the way they look through them. Like, that yeah. um there's been like trivia was like that that, that like this movie influenced Mortal Kombat with Raiden. I can see that. You know, like um uh, yes. <laughs> and like these yeah. large these large straw hats like I was playing um what was it uh I played um oh what's the name of the game recently? Um oh shit. It was on PS5. It was um the the Ghost of Tsushima. There was a bit too you're dealing with like these like ronin that were like for hire and they mm-hmm. wore like tat like tattered robes, but they had the straw hats. And it's like oh, okay. anytime you run across them, like they were bastards to deal with. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is terrifying. <laughs> like, yes. so it's such a cool, unique <laughs> visual thing. And it's like, oh yeah, they're they're um kind of the minions of Lopan. And it's like, and they all have their own like power sets and things. Like it was cool. It was really, really cool. And even with lightning, where you'd have like him reaching up to like kind of like be pulled up and down by lightning, where you'd see his hand is kind of wobbling. It was like it was great. I loved yeah. I loved all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, ultimately I came I came out of it just loving 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 the shit out of this movie. Um I'll go back to W.D. Richter. He was talking about, you know, whenever the movie was finished or whatever uh, and it was being released and well on the legacy of it like yeah, it, it, you know, thankfully because the home video whatever it came to cult following blah, blah blah. And he said, you know, honestly I'm not really surprised cuz he said, you know, if you would have sat down and explained to someone that this movie was just um, you know mashup of five or six different genres. They they might not have understood it, but they said now audiences do, and and he's a hundred percent right. Like, what? 
five or six genres mashed together. Yes. I, I, I love it. And they all work in concert with one another. It's, it's yeah. not like someone just, you know, threw shit out of the wall and see what stuck. It's, you you could see why uh, Tarantino got Kurt Russell looped into some of his movies, right? You could see why Tarantino yeah. would be like, this is, this is my jam. Right. And to have yes. Russell and death proof and the hateful eight. You, yeah, it, it just makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really, really does. Yeah. So, all right. So a little bit more information here, unless you have other notes. Um, I know we're only at um, two hours and 15 minutes. I have various pieces yeah. of trivia. So yeah. go ahead. If I have yeah. something I'll add it. So. I, we're not at the three hour mark because that, that was what we do here on the show. I'm kidding. All right. So, um, I'm, I'm not kidding. It's, it's reality. Um, that's what happens when you have weekend stuff, news, <laughs> in a game right so all right so uh whenever um they were like showing this film to the executives barry diller and his associates uh, they said it was it um i think carpenter said needless to say they had a few problems with the movie they uh sat down with me and went through the film they didn't like that the white hero was such a buffoon and that he was being shown up by asians um like uh they um <laughs> they were afraid the audiences wouldn't think this guy was brave so they asked me to cut the humor and emphasize the bravery, which was impossible to do. Uh, then we got to the preview stage. The audience that saw it really loved it and laughed. So they wanted me to put more humor back in and get back to what it was. They still hated the film though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so like what happens here is that we get to, we get to the re release of the film. The marketing department had no idea how to actually sell this, right? So um, they didn't know how to actually advertise it. I think the trailer I played actually did a good job, but it still doesn't really tell you what the movie is. Um, so yeah. we talked about uh, Carpenter having Final Cut and then adding the, the, the scene at the beginning with Egg Shin. Um, so the advertising campaign... I didn't understand Carpenter complained. Fox didn't know how to sell it for some odd reason. I mean, yes, but also like they could have amped up the comedy portions, but like the trailer does a decent job, but yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, Cause Fox wanted Indiana Jones. He's like, yeah, but what if Indiana Jones, but Indy's an idiot. And it's a lot more funny, you know, like this feels like, <laughs> yes. yeah, it makes me wonder Spielberg would have somehow made this film and made us like, like be sad at the end. You know what I mean? Like, this feels like, like, you know what I mean? Like we'd have been like, Oh, yeah. whatever. Right. So, um, so once the film came out and didn't do so well, Fox blamed Carpenter, uh, because like they didn't do so. They did, it only made like, um, what was it? Um, it, it made, uh, 11 million against its 18 million budget. So it actually underperformed. Um, he, he said it was the thing all over again, exactly like, sorry, this is what the book says. The thing all over mm -hmm. again, exactly what Carpenter didn't need. And basically, uh, was enough to kill whatever goodwill he had with Christine and Starman, which we see that. So, yeah. so, um, it actually, so all said and done, it was number 71 at the box office for 86. Uh, it only pulled, like I mentioned, 11 million against 18, $18 million budget. Adding salt to the wound, the golden child was released in December and ended up coming at number eight, earning 80 million. So that film that he didn't think was like, like he was being courted for that had Eddie Murphy in it, that no one talks about anymore, actually like overperformed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it actually was successful and yeah, um, this one wasn't. So, uh, yeah, this, yeah, that's where we're at with that. Yeah, and that, that kind of goes to what uh, Kurt Russell said in the interview that I had seen where he was like, yeah, yeah, before the film was coming out, like weeks before, 
Life magazine came down and they did a full spread. They had a, there's a picture of me and Carpenter and they they showed the picture on the screen of him and Carpenter standing next to each other like uh, Kurt Russell in the full Jack Burton get out with a uh, holding his knife or whatever and Carpenter's holding an axe and he said this is Life magazine and he said I, I was you know going around talking to people they kept asking me like oh he said four out of every five. You know, people would ask me, you know, how's it feel to be a part of the next big blockbuster? How's it feel to be the next big blockbuster? And he said, and he's like, and I said with, you know, with uh, a lot of false humility, like, oh, you know, just making a movie, blah, blah, blah. He says, meanwhile, I'm thinking this is going to be great. It's going to be effing fantastic. I'm going to be the next big thing. Yeah. And then a couple weeks went by and, and Kurt Russell said, yeah, he says, like, I didn't hear anything about the movie. And then he said a newspaper, like three days before the movie opened, no one could find where the movie was going to be played. And the newspaper had a big full page ad of the, the, the art for the, the cover art for the film of just, you know, Jack Burton or whatever else. And he said, all it said was, who is this man? And he's like, what? They're trying to sell a movie on me. Yeah. Said, who the hell am I in? Some guy that kind of looks like Jeff Bridges, but isn't. <laughs> yeah, that was the whole advertising campaign. It's like, who's Jack Burton? It's like, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Who's Jack Burton. He said, and the next day it came out and said, what's he going to do? And whatever else. And he said, yeah. And he said, and I found out from a good source. And he said, I'm not going to say the guy's name because he was in the board meeting where 20th Century Fox outright said that they were going to bury the movie. And the guy was so pissed. He said that that's, you know, bullshit. He said, that's out. I'm leaving. I'm, I quit. And he completely, <laughs> completely threw his, at least his career with 20th century Fox away because they were going to bury the movie. And he said, yeah, that's it. I'm out. Yeah. I mean, it just, you could tell that, uh, Barry Diller and company didn't get it, you know? And like, yeah. they also, they also didn't advertise it correctly. Like I, and this was released over like a holiday weekend. Like this, this was supposed to be a lark and a lot of fun, which it is right. But like yeah. they didn't advertise it right. And I will say that, you know, um, I, I, I know I talked about my uh, meeting of Carpenter earlier, uh, humble brag, hashtag humble brag, but like the, the Struzan, <laughs> the Drew Struzan uh, poster for big trouble for this, I think is way more indicative of the movie. It's a lot more fun. Cause we yeah. have, cause even he got a little bit of carte blanche to make, the poster. Cause even him talking about the struggles of the studio being like, you got to do this and this and this, which shows like the meddling. If you look at the, the image from the poster, Burton's holding his CB radio microphone, like his, like it's, it's cut off. The cords cut. That just, uh, it's he's holding it in his left hand and then using the other. And it's like, it just shows like his thing. And then there's also in the, the top left corner, Top, yeah, top right corner. But you, you, if you look at the poster, there's the San right. Francisco Bridge, and Struzan was like, "I just added that. No one told me to, but I'm going to do it." <laughs> like, there's a whole, there's yeah. like the whole thing was like, there's a little bit of meddling, but it's like, yeah. And then also, if you look at the body posture, it it was Struzan, like, and he actually had to recreate the T-shirt, like, which is funny because a lot of his posters is him standing in position, and then he actually uh, found somebody to stand in for Kim Cattrall to do like the po like the image on the poster. But yeah, uh, even even him doing the poster had a lot of pushback because no one understood what was going on. But yeah. like the font and the poster are iconic, 
You know what I mean? Like they're like, I ended yeah, up, yeah, yeah. Like I ended up getting a t-shirt of this, this image recently from T public and they called it like, you know, truck driver goes through Chinatown because they don't have the license for it. You know, like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, yes. I, yeah, I ended up like wearing the, the, the shirt like the next day. And one of my friends was like that shirt. I'm like, yeah, I didn't wear that mean carpenter because I didn't want to be that kind of weird guy. You know, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that <dude. laughs> but it's a great poster. It's a great image. Um, yeah. and I love the thing poster too, but I think this poster does a better job of telling the movie, which is funny because if you look at this, this image versus some of the, um, like some of the foreign images released for escape from New York with, um, snake where he's kind of staying in the same position with Kurt Russell, like the same yeah. kind of stake. It's not dissimilar. Right. And it's like, I, I just feel like this is a film that is really ahead of its time. You know, I feel like it's oh, a lot, yeah. like, it's like people didn't get it, which, you know, I, that's probably the story of Carpenter, right? Is that you didn't get it yet. <laughs> Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and Carpenter even said, he's like, yeah. So after the movie came out, people would come up to me and they're like, oh yeah, I really loved it. And I, I really love big trouble. We'll try and love big trouble. We'll try it. And Carpenter said, so yeah, I'm thinking to myself, where the F were you when I was, yeah. <laughs> when, the, when it came out in the theaters, the same thing, and, the same and, thing with the thing where it's like, I, I love it. It's like, yeah, well, that didn't help. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, but he, he, he kind of, to your point about other stuff, he's like, he kind of, you know, came, came around to, it. he's like, okay, it, it gained a second life and home video and whatever else. And now it's a cult movie. So he's like, yeah, well, you know, at least people get it now. So. <laughs> no, I mean, he had a lot of fun making it and everybody like they, mm -hmm. for being the limited budget and for what it is, this movie is batshit crazy in the best ways possible. It's oh, a lot yeah, of fun. It's sure. a lot of fun for sure. And it, like, and, and the way yeah. that it does subvert all the tropes and whatever else, it, it's it's wonderful too. Like where, <laughs> a, a couple of little things about that, which you pointed towards earlier, where some people in the Asian community thought it was you know a little too stereotypical. Where a lot of the actors in the movie, a lot of the Asian actors were like, "Yeah, no." It, it, even Dennis Dunn said in an interview that was done specifically for the Blu-ray, which I think his was done around 2018, 2019. He said that at that time, it was recently that it was honored in two Asian American film festivals yeah. for showcasing <laughs> Asians like, in movies. Like even the bit not, where they're not for being yeah. that. Yeah. And even Carpenter says so like, yeah, he said a lot of people were great with it. And he said the, the, he said the one real main hit against it where some people were, so a lot of people loved it, like critic wise. Some people were against it, like just that randomly were against Kurt Russell for no good reason. And then he said there was one real dude that was out there who was completely. He, he said it was you know I, I was just feeding the stereotypes or whatever. He said, man, I, I don't know that guy had it out for me. He says that guy was a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, it's those things you like, can see him just sitting there steaming over it. He's like, that guy was a piece of shit. F that, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> no. So there was a lot. There's a lot of this where it's like, did you even watch the movie? You know, like there. Yeah. I think there was a lot of like, oh, they're like, I mean, you know, Asian stereotypes. We can go back to what was it, Breakfast at Tiffany's with uh, what's his name? Um, oh Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, Mickey Rooney, right? Being terrible. 
terrible Asian yeah. stereotypes, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like, we could, we can get in. I don't really think there's this here. I, I really don't like, um, I mean, whatever. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it just completely turns on. I said, and even I, I had, <laughs> James Hong, who's in more than enough movies. Yeah. Minnesota's own. (laughs) Yeah. Minnesota's own James Hong. But yeah, he, he, he got to a point where he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good playing the stereotypical Asian dude. And even whenever he kind of did, he would still make it a role. And and side note, in his interview, he was talking about, I was like, yeah, that was back, you know, until recently, again, I mean, this is 2018, 2019, I was still doing, you know, about, you know, 10 movies a year. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> 10 movies a year. And he says, yeah, you know, figure from about 1956 to, uh, you know, recently I was, yeah, 10 movies a year easily. Yeah. <laughs> but Holy I, yeah, shit. But, but I love that they even, he, even him, still, he yeah. said that he's yeah. like, yeah. Lopan was probably one of my best characters. I just, I, I adored that they gave him a chance to kind of like, 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 I don't know if improv, but like the whole thing where it's like, Oh, he was just getting like, just like you, some of his like quips and some of his reactions are just like, they, 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 they feel so right. And it's like, um, like, you know, he's been around forever, but it's like the whole bit when he's looking at like the surveillance videos, he's just tapping yes. on the screen. Like, <laughs> This is the kind of thing that really pisses me off. (laughs) (laughs) And then whenever Kurt Russell's like, oh, you're going to rule the universe. He's like, exactly right. He's like, or get committed to the loony better. Whatever. Like I love like his, yeah, he's just, just, he knew the movie he was in and just leaned in and just, he's so good in the role. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Actually. And that's another note I wrote down. That's what I loved about this movie because everyone knew what movie they were in. Oh yeah. I Every think, actor oh, yeah. top to bottom, no matter how long they had on screen, they knew a movie they were in, what part they were playing. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think yeah. that like, I, it would have been fun to be like a fly on the wall for a lot of this. Right. I think it would have been so much fun to be on the set. Cause I, you can't even imagine probably the bullshit that happened behind the scenes. Everybody cracking each other up. Right. Like it would have <laughs> been, it would have been so much fun. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Cause even just what, what little bit, that I, you know, heard in the interviews with that Kurt Russell and John Carpenter were saying that they were just kind of bouncing ideas off each other back and forth. Like, okay, Jack Burton wouldn't do this or, okay, he would do that. Or <laughs> just to even see just those little, little things that they would tweak mid movie. I think that would be amazing. Oh yeah. I think, I think that works really well. So, all right. So after, um, big trouble did not do so well, let me, let me, um, like, <laughs> Let me at least give it like the lead into uh, um, what was it? Um, uh, uh, Prince of Darkness. I, why do I keep forgetting the name of that movie? It's 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 its own thing. I like it. It's a little flawed, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, so um, so after finishing on Big Trouble in Little China, uh, John started working on a couple of different projects. The first was a comedy called Armed and Dangerous. Uh, which was set oh. to star John Candy, which we know that got released, right? It was supposed to be also yeah. him and J- uh, Dan Aykroyd. Um, uh, Dan Aykroyd um, really wanted a big car chase at the end. I like the script the way it was. Ank- Ank- Aykroyd threw a temper tantrum because I wouldn't change it. So he was like, this is what is known in the movie business as creative differences. So he walked away from the project. Aykroyd didn't even star in the movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, so there we go. Um, right. <laughs> so here's what, here's what's interesting to me. Uh, Carpenter's replacement was Mark L. Lester, who also took over as director of Firestarter. So Mark L. Lester's <laughs> is coming in to take all the scraps from <laughs> Carpenter. <laughs> Uh, armed and dangerous open, carpenter's garbage <laughs> right yeah or it's like oh it's like the thing it's like i want john carpenter and then your mom's like but we have john carpenter at home it's just him <laughs> Mark he, he was home. he was the wish version of john carpenter <laughs> He's the wish version. Yeah. yeah so um uh, armed and dangerous opened in 86 like the middle of the summer 86 and it didn't do so well so okay great like we know yeah. that so all right so here's the thing that i didn't realize this is crazy um Around May of 86, John was approached by some producers to direct a thriller that was originally called Diversion based upon a short film. And it was, um, it was a cautionary tale about marital infidelity. Um, it doesn't say this directly, but it's implied that maybe Michael Douglas, who was his uh, producer on Starman, uh, brought this to him because um, Douglas was cast in this as a possibility. Uh, yeah. Carpenter uh, passed on this. Cause he felt it was a rip off of uh, the Eastwood film play Misty for me, which I still need to see. Um, Ooh, it's solid. Gotta see it. I, I, I need to see it. Um, Errol Gardner is in it for God's sake. Okay. playing Pollyanna. I, I, I need to see it. Um, and, and so he didn't express any enthusiasm for the project. The film would ultimately become fatal attraction. Um, and the, um, yeah, uh, directed by Adrian Lane, who was earlier been one of the directors attached to Starman. So that's the Michael Douglas connection. Um, uh, the okay. film would become a major moneymaker, one of the most talked about films of its day. But as usual, Carpenter maintains he doesn't regret his decision. Fair play. So, yeah, yeah. The, his his brushes with like huge commercial greatness are um, like he passed on Top Gun. In Fatal Attraction, <laughs> like it's just like, dear Lord, are you the Forrest Gump of like 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 filmmaking? Which is not like that's not that's a detriment. But you know what I mean, like like the yeah. what of Ben's, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> my God, like yeah, you're like Top Gun wasn't for me. Okay, Fatal Attraction not for me. Like you know, like I'm gonna make this weird movie where there's a bunch of shit happening with uh, martial arts and. Uh, you know, immortal beings and, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. Like he's been consistent being like, yeah, it's not for me. Fair enough. Right. Like right place, right time. If you're not, if you're not feel like you're a right fit for the project, cool. Let somebody yeah. else do it and be successful. Poor <laughs> Carpenter. Yeah. But it just, my God, like, it's just crazy yeah. how, <laughs> It's like you just look at you're like, oh my gosh, like you were like, who knows how Top Gun or Fatal Attraction would have done, right? With um with him directing. We don't yeah. know, right? So it's always gonna be this what what like what if, what could have been. But it's like like not that he didn't have commercial success because he did in in like some ways, but it's just like, oh my gosh, like it's almost like now we're dealing with the Marvel movies. It's like you, you, you attach the rocket to yourself. You get one of them, right? Like, right. right. And he didn't get one of them, <laughs> you know, like, um, well, I, I could, between the two films, I could definitely see Carpenter leaning a little more towards fatal attraction than top gun. But well, it's, it's, it's maybe kind of, not. it's kind of, it's kind of like the Sam Raimi thing, right? Where it's like, you had your streak and then you directed Spider-Man and then you got launched to the moon. Right. And then yes. 
um, you've had your successes here, there, and, and then you come back to the Marvel system eventually, right? With uh, Doctor Strange, which I liked. The multiverse of Madness. I mean, your mileage may vary, but like, I liked it. Yeah, I, I mean, it yeah. Good. It's just, I mean, it, I, I appreciated the stop motion uh, that was in there as well. Yeah, it's, it's kind of snuck it in. Very, Sam very Raimi, right? Yes. Like, this very yeah. much. He has a style, but it's like, and I'm not saying these two directors have the same course, but it's like. Like Raimi has gotten his moneymakers to move on to his passion projects, right? So yes, I don't think Carpenter has had the same carte blanche. You know, like after Halloween, mm-hmm. he did have some cred going in in the fog, being like, you know, it was profitable. He went into the thing, and then that didn't do so well, and then he had to kind of rebuild his credibility with like with Christina Starman, and then Big Trouble didn't do well. So it is like. It's kind of like where where Raimi got a couple of his like across like like completely into like the the you know the stratosphere. Carpenter yeah. didn't get that, and I'm not saying the two directors are the same, but they both have a similar background and like we're going to do what we want to do, and you know, or even like um like um Peter Jackson. Maybe that's maybe that's the better way, right? Peter Jackson had his his smaller independent things and it, like like. You know, he got the Frighteners, which I adore. It didn't do so well, but oh, then he got he got Lord of the Rings. Movie, though. <laughs> I love the Fright. Wait, we watched it together, if I remember right. Yes, we watched, yeah, yeah, you yeah, actually yeah, introduced yeah, that to yeah. me, and it was amazing. Yeah, so, and then yeah. we watched the Big Lebowski. I'm kidding, we didn't do that, but um, no, but I oh. love the Frighteners. But it's like uh, Peter Jackson's <laughs> always going to be known as the guy that brought the Lord of the Rings to the screen, right? Uh, I've not watched yeah. the Hobbits stuff, whatever. But um, yeah, don't don't worry. About but. He right. still has done like in him and like, even like del Toro, right. They, they both like put their time in and they both have oh, had yeah. their yes. major successes. And I don't think they would have been successful as successful without somebody like Carpenter or Raimi, you know, like it's just, yeah, exa- um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think it was to the, uh, to a point that you made earlier, just John Carpenter was ahead of his time. And that shows by movies like big trouble in little China and the thing and escape from New York. Everyone's like, man, okay, whatever at the time. But then as time goes by, people suddenly kind of realize, Oh shit, this is amazing. This is, this is art. Even like Halloween, like the way they did the release schedule, right? Like it took a little bit to like simmer and burn. Right. And I would almost Mm -hmm. even say like, um, and this is a bold statement and people come at me. Like, I'm not saying Hitchcock was not, not successful, but it took a bit for his films to actually click for people, right? To be like, oh, this is like popcorn and we love it, but like there's a lot more under like under the hood, right? And oh, I think yeah, that Carpenter's yeah. a lot I more mean, under the well, hood. Well, and, and <laughs> what yeah. was it? Um, now, was Vertigo actually lost or was it just kind of forgotten for a time until it, it wasn't lost? It was part of his deal that he had ownership. Uh, Carpenter, yeah. Carpenter, but Hitchcock had ownership of like six films. And so it wasn't released and re-released until later because the estate had it. So it was one of those films that underperformed initially, but it was kind right. of one of those ones spoken in like, um, like taboo, like, have you seen? Yeah. Vertigo? Everyone kind of spoke about it in yeah. hushed tones. Like, Oh, Vertigo though. This was amazing. Blah, 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 blah. Well, at least a certain group of people. And then when it was kind of re-released like or whatever, discovered, yeah, was just, yeah. Oh shit. This is what it was. Okay. Yeah. This is a, this is a solid film, right? Like, yeah, yeah it's <laughs> like, it was like that rear window. And like, um, the only one of that, um, that whole, like the whole, like six or seven films at the time 
that was uh, still available was uh, To Catch a Thief because that was the one owned outright by Paramount. Uh, yes. It was, it was yes. Rope, <laughs> uh, Vertigo. Um, yeah, uh, there's a couple mm-hmm. in there. So, uh, yeah, Trouble with Harry. Yeah, it was one of those ones. Like, it took like 20 years later to be like, oh, God, this this is uh, this is solid. And there's like a lot of good filmmaking. I feel like Carpenter has suffered from um, him thinking forward and producing something amazing and people not being with the times, you know, and like, yes. and that's frustrating, right? Like we, like how many writers and artists that we know are successful after they die? Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Poe was kind of whatever. And then he passed away and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, greatest horror writer. Blah, blah. Lovecraft, complete bastard. But then, yeah, yeah, he has some specifics about race that we don't want to get into. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has a thing or two to say that's pretty bad, but you know, um, yeah. well, um, oh, I can't remember the gentleman's name. He wrote the Confederacy of Dunces. Oh, he I know what you're talking pub- about. I don't know his name, but you're right. Like it's yeah, like- but he couldn't get it published in his lifetime. I think eventually his mother got it published, and now it's you know considered you know classic in its own right, at least. Well, like, 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 uh, whatever, M- anyway. like MC Escher, like was not famous oh. until after, right? Like it's just, yeah. he's changed art as we know it. And, and I'm not saying that like Carpenter's gone cause he clearly isn't. And I still think probably financially he's comfortable. However, um, you know, it's like he, de- he deserves to be, um, he deserved a lot more, uh, accolades at the time. And I'm not saying yeah. he's not worthy of it now. I mean, clearly he's coming out to meet the fans. Right. And you know, right, like, right. but it's but, just, but I get your point though. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he deserved better than yeah. he really did. Yeah. So yeah, he, um, he got done dirty. Yeah. And I think big trouble. It's like, he, like, he kind of like, he got, he, he got hurt from the reaction to the thing, bought a helicopter, you know, whatever that like, good on him. Um, and you know what I mean? Like, yo, you have, you have helicopter money. Good on you. Um, exactly. that was like, like he put his heart on the line for that and then did some gun for hire work, right. For two films and got enough cred and then was like, all right, I've, this was brought to me. I'm going to like, I'm, I'm vibing with this, this guy that, uh, is going to get weird. I'm good with this. And I want to make this weird fantasy like epic. And then like, you know, it didn't connect but this is also the same time when we're talking about labyrinth and like uh, dark crystal too. Right. Which those didn't do so well as well. Yeah. Those didn't do well either, yeah. but at the same time now they're considered classics. Yeah. They gained that cult following or whatever, which yeah, granted at, on one hand, it's like, ah, oh, that's a shame. No one understood it. And, and but on the other hand, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, these are amazing. At least they got that, made and we can appreciate them. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. All right. The Muppet Show couldn't come out again because of the Dark Crystal, but we still have the Dark Crystal. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> so yeah, I just, it's just one, it's like, I really like this film. And I, and like upon yes. rewatch, like I adore it. And, and I'm, uh, this was a hot streak for Carpenter. And like, I, Prince of Darkness, I like a great deal too. And we'll get there when we get there. Um, and they, they live, I like a great deal as well. It's just there, yes. there's things after this too. However, I think in terms of his quote unquote studio days, this is the end of it, you know? And like, right, and right. with the exception yeah. of maybe memoirs, invisible man, because if you're going to bring Chevy chase in and you know, whatever, like that, we'll get there like too. I not seen that in forever, but in terms yeah. of like his big, him trying to work with studios and like getting slapped down because like they didn't understand his work. 
I think this, this might be it in terms of this phase of Carpenter's career. And I could be told I'm wrong and please everybody let me know that I'm wrong. I mean, I, I'm not correct about many things, but yeah, you are wrong about a lot of things. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's absolutely true. Um, yeah, but you're not wrong about this though. Yeah. It, it is, I feel it, like this it, is kind of yeah, like that swan that. song for him trying to work within the studio system. Right. So yeah, cause he was, he, from even from his own interview, he's like, yeah, this was really just did it for him for with working with studios for several years. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I, I just, if you've, if but yeah, you, I, I agree yeah. with you totally. I love, love, love the hell out of this movie. This really just, um, it's like every once in a while, not, not that you get into a funk, but do you ever like just kind of feel like, yeah, okay. I've, I've, I've kind of, you know, seen everything, read everything or whatever. Maybe not that extreme, but you're like, man, you're looking, you, you don't think you're looking for something until you realize you found something. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? No, absolutely. It's one of those things like, where it's like, like, um, I, I, like, I'm, I'm going to talk too much here. So bear with me. I, um, okay. I, wait a minute, re- wait a minute. Is this invasion of the podcast? Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're only 17 <laughs> minutes out from making an actual episode. So, um, right. so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's like one of those things where it's like, I feel like I overread everything on the internet about what's coming. So I always feel like I have an expectation of what's coming. Mm, so okay. it takes something to really knock me on my ass to be like, my God, this is amazing. Right. It's one of those yeah. things where it's like, and it's like, and as you get, as you get older, it's like, you've seen so much, you've experienced so much. And like, you already have an expectation, whether it is preconceived or not, you do. Right. Like, um, right. Like, and so like, um, it takes a lot for me to be taken aback to be like, my God, this is a lot of fun or I adore this. And I'm not, that's not me being anti what I'm watching, but I know what you're saying where it's like, you kind of, you've seen every, like the, how many stories can you tell? Right. In terms of like the traditional, what we know, storytelling, like yeah. a to B to C. Um, and it's like, so it takes somebody to kind of come along and be like, Oh yeah. But what about this? And twist it just a smidge. And you're like, Oh, I haven't considered that. It's like, um, yeah. Like and here, here's the parallel I'll draw. Um, I, the, the last episode, better call Saul came out this week and it's a lot for the season, six seasons. Um, I adore that, that series. I love breaking yeah. bad. Like it, it's brutal, but I love it. And better call Saul is brutal in its own way. I think it's superior because everybody involved got more mature and could figure out how to tell like more interesting stories though. It's a prequel and it's also a sequel mm. spoiler, like figure it out. Um, but <laughs> Like meaning like it, it takes place before breaking bad, but it also shows hints of what happened after. Like, okay. like, like that's not a spoiler. It is what it is. Right. Like I haven't seen breaking bad either. So okay. But no, the, yeah. like, but, but it's like, it just, the landing, the ending of that series may not have resonated, resonated with me in the sense of getting goosebumps, but it's like, it, it felt so right that I'm like, thank you. Like it gave me something different. It was satisfying where I always feel like sometimes where things have to end where it's like, we have to go bigger. And this chose like to go opposite. It kept swerving, which both breaking bad and better call Saul swerve the entire time. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things where I'm like, thank you for giving me like smart storytelling. Thank you for giving me a satisfying meal over the like six, seven, eight years, as long as it took to tell the whole thing. Like, and with like, it just, you know, like it take, it take, it takes something for me to get goosebumps anymore. And it's not because 
I'm like, oh, I'm so hardened and jaded. It's just like, we, you know, we consume media all the time, right? It's like, you know, like. Well, yeah, and there's, yeah. I mean, I don't know who said who said it, but there's like, there's no, there's no new stories to tell, but it's just through either different lens or a different perspective, or like you said, a different twist or whatever. But yeah, when you, you do come across something that hits you the right way. It, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like the most, the most recent season of the boys, like I just was over the moon about it watching the entire time. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, Ms. Marvel, which Steve and I talked about recently, like, Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Excellent. excellent did, did you watch all of that? That was so much fun. Yes. It was so much yeah. fun. And I kept smiling the entire time. It's like, thank you. Thank you for bringing fun, you know? And, and like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bringing fun on one hand, I've seen this before, but on the other hand, I haven't because of the specifics in it. Yeah, the, it's like, the, yeah. the perspective I'm, of the people and like their history, right? It's like, yes, oh gosh, yeah, their you. history. The like, what? I, what is this thing you're talking about in India, Pakistan? What? I've never heard of this shit before. What? And, and then it suddenly becomes real to me. And yeah. then like, oh, I get it. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't get it, but I can but understand. You, it. But I you also get like you get some like the people that have involved been involved in this understand like the bigger conflict, you're like, Oh shit, there's something bigger going on here. Like I can appreciate that. And same thing. Yeah. Like it's, well, not the same thing, but like I mentioned, I watched she Hulk the first episode. It's like, it's more comedy, but it's like, it's, it, it's joyous and you still feel for everybody. And for me, it's like, um, like unlocking that, like, um, um, uh, like, uh, like this, I'm speaking to maybe more of a toxic fandom, but like Rick and Morty, can um, make me laugh my ass off and still like punch me in the gut. You know, like it's just, there, there's that thing there where it's like, make me feel, you know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that like Carpenter does a good job of making, like I just mentioned, I watched Starman and I was like in tears at the end because I'm a sap because the older you get and then like the more you realize that like relationships (laughs) are like tenuous at best because time is a bastard. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, like Pitcher like talked about how like he was, he was watching a movie in the theater. This was like, I was listening to his podcast years ago and it was like, it wasn't even a good movie, but he was like, he was like, I was openly weeping because like the, the dad got to the daughter. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, it's the same thing. You know, it's like, like we get older and we realize that like the connections are important. Uh, grow like when we're growing up, we're like, yeah, whatever, you know. But it's like we realize it's it's all like it's all you. You're not guaranteed tomorrow, and so like yeah. so yeah. yeah. And so I'm I'm not trying to heap upon like big trouble. Well, China's the greatest film ever made because it's not, but it's a lot of fun and it's made yeah. from a point of fun, and we can we can cheer for what's going on and we can enjoy Jack Burton as being an idiot, but he also, he's well-meaning. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. it's a fun goddamn movie. Like the whole bit at the end, whenever we had a uh, egg shin and a uh, low pan, like fighting via force ghosts or whatever, you can't tell me that, uh, Edgar Wright didn't watch this as an inspiration for Scott Pilgrim. You can't tell me. Yeah. Like that, that might be even be like my, my, like, my correlation to hyper reality, right? Like I mm-hmm. just, you know, that, yeah, this film laid the groundwork for like, you want to get weird. We're going to get weird. And I adore it. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and, 
Yeah, to what I, I was mentioning just a bit ago, it's it's like, yeah, I, I I didn't know I was looking for this until I found it, and it it ah just knocked my socks off. Doesn't it make and you then, excited for something else? Like you're like, oh shit, this exists. This exists. Let's get into something else. Let's just go. Yeah, you know what I mean. Me, like, give me more weird. Give me something different. Give me yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like okay, this is something. And then uh, having uh, a week ago seen something that has. Um, uh, seeing prey okay that movie has kind of a yeah it does have a familiar formula all right i i my wife and i just rewatched predator the night before okay yes it might kind of follow some of the same beats it, it does but on the other hand it's different yeah yeah and then i come back okay i got a carpenter movie where all right yeah we get some things here but wow there's some stuff that's kind of the same you know the kind of the silly characters whatever here from time and again maybe not all the time in carpenter stuff but on the other hand it's like wow but this is totally different too this i wouldn't expect him to come out with this but he did and every bit of it works yeah i mean uh, like yeah. two, two movies that i really you know i i kind of expectations for like i and 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 partially because you know you guys have been going through the year of carpenter like this has kind of been on my radar so maybe there was a little bit of expectation there, but then when my wife suggested it, just kind of out of the blue, hey, it's my birthday weekend, let's watch Big Trouble in Little China. Okay, cool. I was planning to watch it sometime by myself anyway. Yeah. Why not? I'm on board. So we did that, and the week before we did my suggestion of, hey, uh, let's watch this uh, Prey movie. What do you think? Man, at first she was kind of poo-pooing about it, but then she saw us more trailers for it, she said, man, that, that actually looks really good. And we were about halfway through it. And she's like, or not even halfway. I think we were about 10 minutes through it. And she's like, what, what's, what's with this predator? He's, he's invisible. <laughs> what's going on? What's happening? Like, what, have you seen the original? Well, no. <gasps> so <laughs> yeah, it was kind of the same thing with like, um, after talking about, uh, rear window and to catch a thief on uh talk without rhythm, I might like, I, I uh, gave the El Goro a copy of the board game for rear window. Cause uh, that, yes. that's a thing now. Uh, but we, but uh, my I wife, guess, yeah, every, every movie gets a board game. Now. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, even this <laughs> yeah. one, even big trouble will try to as a board game, which I need to get. Um, but uh, like, like my wife had bought a copy of like of rear window of the game and I, and she had not seen the film. So was it like a week and a half ago? I was like, let's watch rear window. And she'd never seen it before. And I'm like, yeah. And like, she loved it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, let's just yes. do it. You know, like yeah. Wendy and I had kind of a similar thing. It's like there was a bunch of Hitchcock movies that I had seen, but it, for whatever reason had eluded her and like, well, okay, let's sit down and watch some of these. And that, yeah, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's just the whole thing is like, I wanted to give her some context before the board game. Right. Cause it's like, I, I yeah. my joke is always like, if it's not Raymond Burr, then the game's not worth playing. But it, clearly <laughs> the game is set up to be like a little different than that. But I'm like, I'm always going to be like, it's Raymond Burr. <laughs> like good, bad, or otherwise, I'm like it's Raymond Burr. Like that's it's, it's always going to be my it answer. Might be blonde, but it's Raymond Burr. <laughs> yeah. Like I could be completely incorrect, but I'm like I don't trust that guy. It's fine. But no, no, I'm glad that you enjoyed this film. Like I, it makes me ecstatic 
right? That you um, had not seen this before. I mean, makes me sad that you've not seen it before. But yeah, I mean, like it's, it's minor, minor, minor. But I love that you came to this and you and you adored it. And this is the kind of film where it's like people have not seen it, and we like we really didn't get into spoilers other than you know like bad guys die and good guys win. You know what I mean? Like there's so much in between here, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. There's so many nuances oh, it, with this. It's so, so surprisingly, and it, it yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's like, again, another, it's a fast paced film. You, yeah, it's an hour. What is it? What'd you say? An hour 40? Something maybe? like that. Yeah. It's like it's, something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. But man, it, it doesn't feel like that at all. Yeah. Like I uh, ended up watching this yesterday on Hulu, which it's there. Um, and I, yes. um, yeah, that's where I saw it the first time. I was like, well, yeah, after this, I'm going to buy the damn Blu-ray. Yeah. And I got about 40 minutes in uh, and, um, I stepped away for a minute. Um, and then I came back to finish it, but it was funny because I was like, I got 40 minutes. And I'm like, Oh, it's only I'm like, Oh God, it's all, it's almost halfway done. Like this thing is so <laughs> yes. fast and I didn't want to, I didn't mean to watch it in two parts. It's just, you know, things happen. Right. But it's like, it was one right. of those things where I'm like, and I was watching it. And I didn't want to look at the timer, like the rest of the time remaining. I'm like, oh, it's done already. <laughs> just, yeah. Like it's, it's like, you could tell a good mark of a movie that you're not looking at the time and you never like, this is like, boom, 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 boom. It's so good. It's so much fun. Oh, and yeah. 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 And it's been fun to watching this in order of the evolution of him as a storyteller. Um, yeah. And like, I'm glad I'm like I said, again, I'm glad that you watched it. I hope people else check it out. Like I said, it's on Hulu. It's available to rent for like a couple bucks. Like if you're not seeing this film, watch it. You will not regret it. Yeah, please, please, please go out and catch this movie. It is like I just said, uh, it's a load of laughs. It's, it's really fun. It's a very breezy watch a phrase that you brought up before. And it, it, it really, really is. So a, a good time. And if you're looking for something to just totally um, just throw your expectations out the window and <laughs> any other trip that you think you've seen before, watch this movie. It's pure escapism. It's a lot of fun. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. I think that's going to do it for our discussion about uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Um, you guys can find us on uh, uh, Invasion of the Podcast on Facebook, invasionofthepodcast.com. There is a Dusty AF blog. Uh just want to point out one of uh, one of our friends, uh, Nathaniel of um, the At the Devil's Ball, recently watched Grizzly Two, and he thought it was a lot of fun. I've got a blog post there. I have opinions about it. Um, right on the street is you have thoughts. <laughs> yeah, it's the last thing I posted. It's been a while, but if you guys want to look at my thoughts about Grizzly Two, yeah, go check it out. Um, not good, uh, but yeah, uh, you guys can uh, you know email us directly at invadingpodcast at uh, gmail.com. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review this would be greatly appreciated. You, you all can find Steve uh, at the It's him and his partner, Ryan Cassandy. Uh, they've been doing uh, great work. Um, you know, it's like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, this is really good. What's the next thing coming? You all, it's, it's baited breath, right? Like you got to see what's coming next. You got to, you know, like the expectation is going to build and build and build and they're going to deliver. Steve's going to be mad at me for saying that, but they do good work. Check them out at science slasher, uh, com. Yes. Sorry, this Saturday slasher. Sorry, the Saturday slasher.com. <laughs> go buy their books. Um, they do good work there. So go check that out. And wherever you find your podcast, like whatever, if you like the show, uh, let other people know, uh, rate and review us and let other people know the more the merry and Richard, where can people find you? All right. Before I get into where to find me, um, I will 
doubly emphasize, please go check out Steve's stuff with uh, his uh, cohort, Ryan Cassandy, on all the Saturday Night Slasher stuff because it's fantastic. I bought the two issues. I'm, I'm waiting for them to open the new store. Come on, Steve. I keep, I keep asking him to kill me in one of his issues. I want to see that. No, no but, offense, but I do no, want to no, see No, no, no. There's no offense taken. My whole amazing. thing is like, if you at least see your own death, um, it can't be that bad, right? Like, I feel like there's something there where it's like, oh, that's how I go out. All right. That's better than like pooping on the toilet with a heart attack or whatever. Like, at least, you know, there's something there. Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, you don't have, you're, you're not sitting there with a, you know, an Elvis death or, or even worse, the real Elvis death of uh, being in the old folks home, being attacked by some crazed mummy. I mean, right. Just saying no, just with JFK. Like, it's just, if you could just see yourself dying, you're like, oh, okay, well, I mean, you know, at least I'm not being that guy, you know, like I'm hoping for that versus like, you know, uh major organ failure, <laughs> you know, like, you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's that. Oh, and also, also, uh, to uh, toot Paul's horn, not only can you check out Invasion of the Podcast on Facebook, but Spe- you can also speaking of check organ out- failure. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but you can, <laughs> but also check out Paul's other podcast, Strange Highways, with he and co-host Terry maneuver the wild and wacky world of the Twilight Zone. One episode at a time, including but not limited to various detours, stopping by old episodes, other anthology series, and film t- films tied adjacently to the ever-expanding Twilight Zone universe. Whether it happens to be the original series, the uh, series that was done by Jordan Peele, or the current uh, look at the 1980s series. So... Check them out at all streaming services, uh, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Streaming, etc., and rate the hell out of the show. Find I, them on Facebook. I, I like that the podcast, podcast is more available than the 80s Twilight Zone. Like I just, uh, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> much of what you can find on YouTube, yeah. not all, but much. I, I realize yes. that like a lot of you just like Google it, you can find it. Um, yeah, that yeah. 80s Twilight Zone is um, it's a thing. Um, it, it yeah. is. It is. Hey, hey, there, there is. Like you've said, there are some gold Nemar hills. Yeah, them hills. Nightcrawlers, sparse. Aka, one of them. It's very sparse. <laughs> so yeah. Hey, hey, we're not going to talk matte paintings of <laughs> dude yeah. from uh, oh, the Starman. beacon. Yeah, okay, we, we're not going right. to talk about uh, the German from Starman. Yeah, that was uh, the beacon, uh, which we recently talked about, and then the segment after that. Yes, um, yeah, the beacon, aka the wish version of uh, of uh, Wicker Man, but that's all yeah, right. The, the Flicker Man. So we're not going to get into yeah. that. Yes, um, exactly. Uh, Flicker Man. Right. And also, yeah. also, I, I, I was, I thought a lot of the lottery too. Shirley Jackson's the lottery. That's fair, but yeah. D- done no. Shirley Jackson, but thank you for like, you know, suggestion. it's everybody talks about the fifties twilight zone. No one talks about the eighties. I mean, we're finding out probably there's a reason for that. Um, but, um, <laughs> Hey, you know, we're, there's still, Hey, we got, we got some Stephen King coming up Yeah, we have, um, like two and a half seasons to get through. So we'll figure yeah. it out, but thank you for, but, but anyway, yes. yeah, but Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, please yeah, your allow too. me to mention yes. Um, you know, go to Facebook, strange highways podcast, but also as Terry keeps pushing and you should go check it out on Instagram, on the Insta at strange highways podcast. I don't understand Instagram. There's like 8,000 hashtags. I don't get it, but anyway, so yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about the hashtags. Just go over there for the pics. That's okay. all you got to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But your stuff, but as for me, yes, please, please, please. Yes. 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 
As for uh, as for my sorry ass, um, you can find me at uh, Richard Staving Rights on the old Facebook, and um, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Richard Staving. And if you want to chase or check out my base tastic action, you can check out RHS Base on either Twitter or uh, Facebook. Well, or uh, or uh, Instagram, excuse me. <laughs> we we. I yes. mean, I'm all about that base, right? So yes, all, right, all yeah. about that base. All about that base. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. All right, but uh, yeah, yeah, so the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My bands, oh. Rust Valley Revival. Yeah, check them out. I think we're the only one that's on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Facebook, you go. whatever, yeah. Twitter, Instagram. Yes. No, no, but thank you again for coming on the show. You are a friend and a brother. And um, yeah. Hey, not a problem. Thank yeah. you for having me again. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've known you longer than Steve. So ever, Steve, you're on, you're on notice. I'm kidding. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, so let's go to a far uh, dis- discussion about uh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, next week, Steve doesn't know this yet because he's not heard this episode. And I'm not texting him. Um, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna. He owes me a western. I feel like that's what's going on right now. So we're gonna get uh, into. If, hey, uh, if, yeah, if he's gonna give you the business, you can blame it on me. Yeah, whatever. Because I did suggest it. Yeah, no, no. Like that was a good call because I know I, I suggested it to you. So we're gonna get into yes the the timely film 1973s. <laughs> High Plains Drifter. I need to make Steve. Not problematic at all. No, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah, no, there, there is things to talk about this, but I, I know Steve has been like curious about some Westerns. He's been Western curious. Um, We're going to get into like, um, Uh, has he now? I I mean, maybe, I mean, the ones we I've made him watch, he's liked. So we're getting into this. This is going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun and thank you for the suggestion. And, uh, Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a cool. Uh, thank film. you, and Steve, if you don't like it, I apologize. Yeah, he's gonna well, like it. I, I'm going to force yeah, him to like it. It's good. I'm he's just going to yeah. shove his face into it over and over to, until he likes it. I'm going to whip him to death until he likes it. That's there you go. Bad. Yeah, whip him to death. <laughs> that'll, that'll make <laughs> that'll earn him. Right. No, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. He doesn't know yet, but unless he vetoes it, then ignore all of this. But where do you think? So I am 95% sure we're going to high planes drifter next week. Everybody have a good week, have a safe week. And Richard, thank you for coming on. This was a lot of fun. It was a really, 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 really good talk. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Not the first time, uh, call, but definitely one of the multiple time listens that I've listened to the show, but yes, love it. Thank you. Not the last time. So on, and not for the last time. Oh yeah. On the way out. Um, I don't know. Um, Follow the Pork Chop Express, and it, it's, you know, it's all in the reflexes.
Thank you.